Previously on 94 Chill, the podcast. Oh, Laurie. Hey, you're home early. What the hell is this? The ladies and I were just watching Jack and Jill. Adam Sandler plays a guy and his sister, and it's it's just awful. It's unwatchable, but, you know, they're hookers, so it's fine. All right, the red. Okay, I didn't know that uh, they've been doing a lot of weird things with Zoom recently. <laughs> I did, didn't know it talked back to when you hit the buttons. Yeah, it definitely notified me as well. Yeah, so, all right, but the red dot is blinking, and we are back with 90 for Chill, the podcast. And this week's guest uh, is, I guess by this point, an Adam Sandler sub-100 minute movie expert. <laughs> at quid pro joe on it's instagram and twitter <laughs> quid pro joe. underscore joe ah sorry about that that's uh, okay everywhere else it's quid pro joe yeah and this so as i say uh he should be an expert by this point in adam sandler um he acknowledged that he's an apologist and i really don't think there's too much to apologize for the guy I think gives a lot of great opportunities, gives a lot back to uh, cinema. Now, I mean, I've never been inspired to watch any of his Netflix stuff, but, you know. Admittedly, I have watched very few of the Netflix stuff as well, but it's all more than 100 minutes, so I uh, I actively didn't watch most of it for this. Um, but I did, I did prepare quite a bit, even though I've seen most of what I watched. Oh, oh yeah. No, I've only really caught a couple and then kind of really, all right, maybe I'll find it free somewhere, which I didn't, or, you know, maybe it'll be, you know, I can, anybody would understand, uh, skipping bulletproof. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is actually what i just finished if i'm being honest <laughs> oh well how was that one? Oh, i love bulletproof i i have bulletproof i had it on dvd way back when i think i bought it on blue blu-ray at one point but uh i have it on my voodoo now and i love it i but i also love damon waynes he's my favorite waynes brother although they're all fantastic um i I really like the buddy cop aspect, even though Adam Sandler's not a cop in it, he's a criminal, but um, they have a good give and take uh, and their relationship is why I continue to go back to that movie. Also, James Conn's in it as the bad guy and, yeah. and he's always great. Oh no, that was definitely the uh, biggest thing of like, do I put that, you know, do I get through that? Um, it's certainly not necessary you're not missing anything oh but I, I, it's something that i since i found out about it i've really enjoyed it because i admittedly when i found out about bulletproof i was probably 12 and it was completely different than everything else i had seen by him and i was intrigued because well, i loved adam sandler well that i guess that more or less shows the age difference because uh between us you know the 10 years um <laughs> Yeah, because I I knew about Bulletproof when it came out, and no, it didn't get the uh, great critical reception. Uh, No, no, and I I certainly understand that, but I don't, looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score, I don't think it deserves the hate that it gets either. I I think it's it's got a decent amount of heart in it, and it's it's fun time. Um, I I will say, if you're going to watch it now in 2021, some of the jokes do not hold up, and uh, that could be a problem too. (laughs) Well, I, you know, 
I, I lived through all this stuff. I lived through the attitude era of professional wrestling and nothing from that really holds up as we scream. <laughs> Why can't it be more like that yeah, as wrestling true. fans? And uh, <laughs> just on a side note, like eh, Cody Rhodes is trying to do that. And now it's kind of like, eh. or I think it's just more of that uh, Cody Rhodes shown that he's a Republican and <laughs> which can't surprise anybody. I I know, but you're, you're kind of helpful when you're talking about changing the world. Well, and that's the thing, especially once he broke out to to do the AEW, to be the wrestling for the wrestlers. It's it's such a shame to know that that's what he believes. But hey, at least he's helping wrestling and wrestlers. Oh, no, you know? no. The, the AEW's definitely done a lot of great things. I mean, they're treating their boys right and their girls. I mean, it honestly is the only wrestling I watch, although I've admittedly not been watching as much as I used to. Well, it's it's early it's early summer now. I mean, <laughs> we I, I you know, there's there's definitely stuff to do. Be it. I mean, I don't exactly see you as an outdoor kid, but, you know, everything is open now, finally. Or I would say in uh pre you know in presidented times everything would be open by now so yeah well faxed feel good about that yeah very good happy about that although it did that that second dose hit me hard yeah the moderna real hard i got the pfizer actually you see the pfizer i maybe it's just being uh overly disciplined like my or maybe it was like taking tylenol right away (laughs) i didn't uh (laughs) didn't take time off of me i it just it got me for like a day and a half uh and with it got me hard for a day and a half and then after that it was maybe another day of just getting back to normal but um it was it it was just fatigue and and couldn't keep my eyes open even though i hadn't done anything like there was no reason for me to be as tired as i was and my head hurt in ways I've never had my head hurt before. Like I've had over these past, since I've gotten the shot week and a half, I've had headaches in places that I've never had headaches and they're not long. Mm. You know, it's, it's very quick bursts, but uh, regardless, I'm okay with it. If that's the punishment for being able to be vaccinated. I, yeah. Sign me up. I would do it again. Yep. No, that's the right attitude. And that's why I'm, scared uh Poulis going seeing that uh our mutual employer decided to not put the mask band-aid anymore but did they so i was actually curious about that that's uh i just saw that on i think nbc news like doesn't surprise me yeah i i would say they that they were pretty good um about making sure everybody was all right yeah i would definitely yeah i agree yeah i mean you know it's all i i said it on last week's podcast that you know i can't really say anything bad about best buy um you know the the wage is great if this was a company that was uh beginning when everything bad it, it, it's, I, I feel it's not and people who were doing a lot better than what they're offering now are definitely not going to be. I understand the oh, turnover yeah. and such. 
Absolutely. Well, and everything bad I feel about Best Buy really comes down to where we worked um, and isn't necessarily the fault of the company. I think the company at least did what they could for us. Oh, um, you know, yeah. I, I think it's just war. Um, I don't know me. It's more or less that, OK, we've had the complete turnover and I'm like the senior member now. Like <laughs> that's that's not what I ever intended. Um and it's just tough for me working two jobs and you know, well, yeah, realizing imagine. that I made it through the uh, furlough fine without Best Buy. But yeah, which a lot of people can't say that. Yeah. So, so, so at least you got that going for you. Right. So I'm, yeah. I mean, I just got a few things to buy and then I got to, just for my own sanity, <laughs> move <laughs> yeah, on. I, I understand. And I got to tell you, since being gone, it's. But as much as I'm going crazy now, because I would, I would love a job. Uh, I, I'm so hear, happy. Hear that to internet. Not be he's, a, he's, yeah. a, he's a personality. Come on. I, I, I got, I got the skills. I got yeah. the skills you need. What you need, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll work for you. You know, as long as you pay me a livable wage, so I can afford my own rent. Yes. Which is the big problem. But that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. As it. As it comes up for uh as in terms of catching up uh i did see today um mitchell witt and austin pontius had just dropped another morbidly macabre nice it's about chris benoit and it's like i didn't get a call about that one (laughs) (laughs) you gotta be a little salty about that oh you'd have been the first person i called for it but hey i mean they're uh columbine was a good episode so i imagine they're not gonna screw it up Wow, no, they're they're good guys. Yeah. All right, so uh, we were on bulletproof, and uh, that was honestly I can't remember recall how many of the movies Sandler had. Um, I mean, this was right in the middle, I would say, of his home. I mean, where he was doing no wrong. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. So I mean, it, you definitely had happy. Uh, no, you definitely had. Uh, Billy Madison had to have been in the can by that point. Yeah, Billy Madison was 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, Happy Gilmore was 96, the same year as Bulletproof, which was also 96. Okay. I mean, 97, I know there wasn't really anything. 98, nope. he, he nails yeah. it with uh, The Water Boy. And... and Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer oh, was yeah. also 98, which is uh, honestly, and, and this is something I'll say, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, and Waterboy are four of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, and and I, I, I don't know what it is about them. I just always go back to them. They're comfort movies for me, man. Well, I mean, uh, Waterboy, oh, being a high school football player, I mean, I wasn't... Uh... I didn't take the time to go to varsity because I was a 170 pound offensive lineman. Um, I mean, obviously that, I, that was the first one I think that I really gravitated to. Um, Billy Madison, just kind of the premise just kind of really seemed too stupid. The high school, the the 30 year old going through. That makes uh, sense. All grades. And then happy Gilmore. uh, I had a, uh, my family oh we're gonna watch uh up in buffalo oh we're gonna watch happy happy gilmore together and i couldn't get past the opening credits with all the uh jerking off of stuff in the credits 
<laughs> so the water boy was kind of the uh where i first got into sandler acknowledging that the guy's got some uh i wouldn't i don't know i would not call him a comedic genius i mean he is no smart, I, great businessman he's a great when he commits to a character and he gets the right people around him he does great work but it's not necessarily because of him I, I think it's he just works really well with with everybody that he gets to be with him. I think he brings out the best in people and and the right people bring out the best in him, which is something he had going for him in the early movies, especially uh, maybe not so much Billy Madison with the ensemble. But you look at like the water boy, you have uh, Henry Winkler and Kathy Bates around him and they are. Oh. Baruza Balk uh, still playing off her craft craziness. Oh yeah, when it works so perfectly to his Bobby Boucher in The Water Boy, like it was just such a, a fish out of water comedy that worked so well. I I just I have such fond memories of that, and I remember I saw The Water Boy and Happy Gilmore in theaters, um, so that was my first introduction to Adam Sandler. And then I didn't know that Billy Madison existed until I was maybe 10 or 11. I had spent the night at my childhood best friend Kevin's house and he, we rented it and, and we watched it in his basement. And that summer I bought the VHS and I watched it literally. And, and this is not an exaggeration. You can ask my, my brother. I watched it every day that summer, at least once a day. I, I was obsessed with Billy Madison and I, I think that's why I hold it in such high regards. I mean, looking back, it is nothing more than a comfort movie for me. I put it on to just remember the past. Whereas if I really want to watch an Adam Sandler movie, I'll put on happy Gilmore wedding singer or water boy. Mm. Well, I would say, uh, yeah, you, you can't discredit the ensemble that, as I say, it was just a rough way for me to get into uh, Happy Gilmore. The ensemble there is incredibly solid with uh, oh yeah Ben Stiller and one of McDonald, Carl Weathers. Uh, yeah, Carl Weathers. Uh, I can't recall the guy. The guy who played Shooter. That's Christopher McDonald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean it's. Um, Joe Flaherty, right, was the uh, crazy uh, fan, I believe. I believe so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so what, uh, Happy Gilmore was a great television movie also. I mean, as a movie that, you know, you're just flipping through channels. And that's the, probably the best way to get into it is just like, what the hell is happening with uh, <laughs> Adam Sandler with the golf club? It's true. Um Love that Jaws from the James Bond movies is in it too. That's, yes, uh, Richard Keel. So good, yeah. Um, but him, uh, Bob Barker, and Robert Smigel are the best parts of that movie to me. Oh yes. Um, yep. I mean, the, I mean, Bob Barker is just a national treasure. That's really. He you know is I mean? the only people who can hate the only people who can hate him are cats who want to keep their balls. <laughs> it's true uh it's with, true with that being said i don't consider dogs to be people or <laughs> like it's <laughs> just uh, the cats yes just the cats um 
you know, I like dogs, but I'm I'm okay with thinking that cats are the people. Well, dog dogs are just such obedient and loving creatures. Yeah, you you like dogs? <laughs> it's all I think like, about. I'm sorry. Like, what? Dags, you like dags? What do you what what do you say? What do you say? Dags. <laughs> oh, dogs. <laughs> Not as much as I like caravans. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I haven't watched that in a while either. Uh, we might as well go on to so. What what you betting? I'm betting that the rabbit gets smack. <laughs> I you mean like proper proper smack. <laughs> Man, pick that one up in England, in London. <laughs> all because, uh, I mean, one of the greatest performances, all because uh, Brad Pitt couldn't actually do an Irish accent. No, it was so good, though. Yes. Uh, so good. Too bad Brad Pitt is such a sophisticated actor. I can't really see him ever being on this pod. No. As a top. Ah. He he does so much too. I mean, he does he did so much, and now he does so little. Well, I mean, he's the people don't know what to do with a pretty character actor, you know. When I really liked what Tarantino did in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with him, I like he was my favorite part of that movie. Oh, I don't know. I mean, any any movie where you get good DiCaprio memes. I mean, oh, that... DiCaprio was fantastic. Yes, uh, but. But uh, I really, really enjoyed Pitt's character because he was just along for the ride, man. He was just there. I just, I just get it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, it's just, I don't know. I think I saw an article, especially now with all the uh, uh, Asian prejudice right now, where like, eh, it didn't help the cause, but that's true. I mean, I don't know. Like, you have to, I have to rewatch. Um, dang it, I just like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I've only watched it once. I mean, I, yeah, well, same. I saw it in theaters and that was yeah, it. Blew, blew me away. Um, so I really do need to rewatch it. I spent the money on the steel book. So <laughs> when I have it, um, I have it on iTunes. I just haven't watched it yet. I got it for cheap. Oh, no. The moment I bought the uh, Steelbook, I told uh, my girlfriend at the time, watch it. We go home. It's going to be $15 on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. That's how it always works out. Yep. So. Well, how do you feel about when. It, uh, sorry, going back to Adam Sandler. I'm, yeah, I'm actually no, really no, curious no. Was, looking at yeah, this. I was looking for my, looking for my transition, too. Like, <laughs> how do you, Brad Pitt work with Adam Sandler? Seth oh, Rogen, man. Joe Apatow get on that. But. Um, funny people's a whole other story, but that's well, another time, I think. Yes. Um, I, how I do you. I was saying Judd Apatow as a. I mean usually it's genius so well you know if if he would just cut out most of the last third of his movies or cut it down i think they would be fantastic movies yes no argument there and i think funny people is the biggest i think biggest i think what that's two hours 22 hours 30 yeah it's way too long it's it's way too long but if, if you didn't have that last third, it would be a near perfect movie to me. Oh. 
I, I mean, okay. I say that knowing dang well, it's been probably five to seven years since I've seen it. So who knows if that's how I feel anymore. But I mean, it really does play towards the uh, dramatic chops of Sandler. And I don't think anybody will deny that. May, well, I haven't seen Uncut Gems, but. Me either. His greatest performance, I think, is Punch Drunk. So. And can I tell you that I just watched that for the first time oh, to prepare for this back in theaters, man. I've, I've had it forever. I've wanted to watch it forever and I've just put it off. And I finally, because we were doing this, watched it. And I got to tell you, I, it's already one of my favorite movies at this point. I, I know I just saw it, but I, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. A, that's a win. Yes. Uh, B, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that's less than two hours long, which oh. is can't believe that exists. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's a good story. It it feels to me like it it was just another side story that should have been in Magnolia that grew to be its own thing. Well, that, judging at the length by the length of Magnolia, I'm sure it wasn't. But <laughs> well, and that's well, I'm just saying the way the, the soundtrack was scored, the way that the cuts happened, like he even did that circle cut out and did the you know, the circle fade down, like a, the Looney Tunes fade, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just felt very similar to Magnolia, and of course, it's the first movie he did after Magnolia, yes. And I think that might have been why it was only an hour and a half, like, right? Which makes sense because that movie's over three hours yeah. long, and uh, you know. There, every I think Magnolia in hindsight is probably going to be considered the best film of 1999. The I best love that film. Movie. I mean, uh, absolutely I'm, love. I'm that a movie. Fight Club guy through and through, but it's definitely not the best. Yeah, Fight Club to me, the fanboys ruined it. Oh gosh, no! I mean, I don't know if I still love it. I don't know if it's fanboys or just I the next generation after generation X though, the millennials didn't, yeah, that's me. <laughs> didn't get it. Uh, Cause yeah, you're right. They, they, I, I think a majority of us did not get it. I, I agree with you. They didn't understand that it's anti-consumerism. Oh no. I mean, I, it took me a while to really go and say, yeah, there are some good ideas here. <laughs> Not to say that I would blow up a credit card company, but no, yeah. <laughs> but, but I get the sentiment. Yes. I mean, it took me a long time to understand that. I mean, I'm gone basically to communism, but <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's it's I mean, Fincher, it's def- dang when I stop and look at it, it's definitely not Fincher's best either. No. I mean, it was just a, I mean, it was. You're a, saying Fight Club's bigger than or better than Big Daddy, though. I don't know, man. Well, there I'm you go. Kidding. Nice, 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 nice save. But I did not. Now I was 19 when Big Daddy came out. I was nine. No, yeah. So I was watching it with. Uh, so I guess we rented it one night, but. Um, bunch of college kids trying to impress the college girls all that bollocks of course and no i just could not get into it i didn't like the idea of dare i say normal adam sandler or immature adam i mean i know it's a story about maturity i just couldn't get into like 
yeah no teaching like i don't really find it funny that you're trying to teach the kid to just take care of his business anywhere and i know (laughs) i know it's a story because so many people love the movie i know sandler matures obviously and such but yeah i just could not get into it never mind my respect for hooter hooters waitressing (laughs) when that was a, a very big ongoing joke throughout that movie for sure I, um, you know, I, I think it's another one I saw in theaters. Uh, and at the time, again, I was nine. I loved it. Yeah. But one, especially because I knew it was the kid. It was Ben from Friends, which my family was a big Friends family. Ah. Uh, I, well, and personally now I'm, you know, lukewarm on Friends, but. Oh, you um, mean a bunch of white guys who never, who continued doing their show and never mentioned 9-11? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, never saw them working and just sitting around a coffee shop all yeah. day. Yeah. None, none of it's our jokes. Let's just be up front. Uh, from yeah. Or... But I mean, that's at the time, that's where I was. And I, I loved that the kid was the, the friend's kid. And I, I, I enjoyed the coming of age story, but I was, I was nine, you know, the older I got, the more that the movies like big daddy uh, and, and honestly, Mr. Deeds, if if we're gonna go that way in anger well, management i wanted, even, I wanted is... to get to mr deeds i mean that was in the yeah that was a weird time like i kind of may have back when it was released i may have kind of like i think the renona rider shoplifting stuff was a little uh too prevalent <laughs> it was it was very big around that time that is correct yeah i, I remember mean, that i i i was just thinking about that uh some washing dishes like oh are we gonna talk mr deeds i mean i didn't see it um i've been meaning to because john Totoro, he's the best part of that movie uh, i'll yeah, tell you that and i have i haven't seen um don't mess the zohan but it's just more like that's just because i just haven't gotten around to it i saw a little bit on stars and it's just like somehow that was all gold in the premise i don't know how that would sell any the premise itself i don't know why anybody would want to see it which i think a lot of people went into it because i heard a lot of people badmouth that movie yeah well and at the time I, so i i didn't rewatch that one because it's almost two hours yes. long but yeah. um i i do love that movie or i i loved it when i saw it which was i was 18 when i saw it right I saw it in theaters um it i i think it knowing what i know about especially rob schneider's character i think the movie's a bit racist in ways that it shouldn't be. Well, but you're 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 trying to address Palestine and Israel. Well, and that's somewhat. that's the problem, right? Like I it, looking at it through the lens of 2008, I don't know because I just haven't watched it anytime recently, but I can tell you that I enjoyed that movie way more than anybody else I know. I think some of the jokes in it are are gut-wrenchingly funny and i just don't think that other people saw it that way oh the the five minutes i saw it was like gosh damn i didn't uh funny how i dropped three f-bombs and i go with the gosh (laughs) i've been i've been really trying not to say anything bad and i do yeah no i'm gonna i'm gonna blame mitchell on that and if you want if you listen to more really macabre that guy, I I re- admire his restraint actually. <laughs> <on the podcast. laughs> um, well, you know me, I'm I'm always 
Oh no, I that, but if anything, it means I have to re-listen to the podcast. I just can't throw the Zoom meeting. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do the work now. Well, that's hey. At least it's not my fault. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I to. Nope. Um, No, I ended up cussing a lot more than Mitchell in the last couple episodes. So. (laughs) Well, you know, it's certainly possible that I'll let one slip. Uh, Oh. I've, I've got I've got my red dwarf sound bite ready to throw in the word smeg and we'll be <laughs> That's all you need right there. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so back to Big Daddy at yeah, least. Yeah. I, I I did rewatch that. Um and I enjoy Adam Sandler's growth in that movie, but oh, th- that's about it. Mm-hmm. And John Stewart. I like John Stewart a lot. Well, Steve Buscemi. I mean, oh, like well, yeah. we have just like when I see Steve Buscemi talking about poverty, it's like, and and we're just gonna we're just gonna waste this character for this little bit about knocking an egg McMuffin, like. But so, Steve Buscemi was just a quick part in both Big Daddy and Mr. Deeds. Oh, and the wedding singer, and the. Yes, you're right. You're right. He was and, and and Billy Madison. Yes, yes, that's true. Yep. I mean, he 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 was the meme before the meme ever came. It's true. Um, but I when I think that's it was good that he wasn't overutilized because I don't know that those characters, which were he was perfect at. I don't know that they would have fit in better anywhere or more so. Well, and I don't know that anybody could have done those characters as good as he did. Well, Wayne the Wolf works out pretty well in uh, Hotel Transylvania, one of the movies I did binge for this. <laughs> and honestly, I uh, I still haven't seen the Hotel Transylvania movies. Well, I there's nothing I, there's nothing to complain about about them. Honestly, I mean, if there that's is a, good to hear. If there's anything to complain about, it's just that, okay, are we really treading new territory or are we just sell, selling the same story again? And, well, and I, I'm okay with that as long yeah, as it's no. Adam Stanler's same story again. Right. And, and you know, I got I to gotta grow up a little bit, bit acknowledge, well, I don't know if it's growing up. It's just acknowledging that uh, it's a kid's movie. Yeah, these movies aren't for aren't for you. Well, I mean, they they do their best to amuse. I mean, I think I I blame Disney for that back in with Aladdin. Like, yeah, we're gonna have to throw some jokes to the parents. Thank God we have Robin Williams to do that. Teenagers, take off your clothes. That's what he says. That's not me saying that. Uh, oh, you mean um, Aladdin saying good teenagers take off their clothes? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was Robin Williams in the original. No, that, cut. that was that was uh, that no, that was the Scott character from full house it was robin williams when he was a bee he buzzed that in aladdin's ear and then went in his hat oh okay because he's he's telling him to go get it and then he just says that because it's robin williams of course he's gonna say something ridiculous like okay no and that would have no that basically like i don't know i just prefer my animators to be perverted when it comes to disney (laughs) not not my performers we all need robin williams and that is something that was taken out in later releases. So I think it was only in the original and the VHS release. Yes. Uh, but for every consecutive one after that, it's it's completely not there. With, you can find it on YouTube. With that said, well, I'm glad you can find it on YouTube. But with that said, 
I know the Mega Replay in Bloomington does sell some VHS, so I'm gonna have to look. That was a the best Mega Replay. I've, well, it's the only Mega Replay I've ever been in. But well, it's the best I mean, disc they're, replay they're the same in. chain. I mean, yeah. Um, Peoria's is all right. I will say that. Um, Ours is not very good. No, no, it is not. Uh, I did. I also rewatched Little Nicky. Um, oh, I, I that was one of my favorite iTunes purchases. <laughs> it's a movie that I've really come around to, especially later in life. I, I was late to the game with Little Nicky. I probably didn't see it till I was sixteen or seventeen. Oh, no, and it it was a uh, its success was a product of the culture at the time, and. Uh, Quentin Tarantino being the preacher is yeah. one of my favorite cameos. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm burning. <laughs> we all gonna die. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's honestly a being a kid who now it definitely eased off on my two younger siblings. Like growing up with uh, my older sister uh, being uh, with Asperger's disorder the poetic critic um, on Letterboxd, if you want to look her up. I mean, her wisdom, or I should say her knowledge. I will compete and compete her with her when it comes to criticism any day of the week. Um, she's, uh, you know, I... Uh, dang, I had something there. But when it came... What I was going on with was that... I didn't get to see I was essentially the oldest child so the oldest child is obviously going to be the one who gets has to follow the most restrictions yeah so, I can attest to um, that as being the the youngest for 11 years I know that I most certainly had the least restrictions for a while right so like the only time I got to see R-rated movies was if my mom wanted to see an R-rated movie and she knew my dad wouldn't be interested so that's how I saw Judge Dredd and Interview with the Vampire in theaters. <laughs> Man. I mean, I was 14 and 16, respectively. So, Were the, uh, Quick quick question, though. Do you remember what your first rated R movie was? Um, in theaters, it was yeah. Interview. Was it? Um, yeah. Um, first rated R movie I ever probably watched. My mom thought it was okay for me to watch Lethal Rep- Weapon. Oh, so I saw with Lethal Weapon Four in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was something that I remember. Uh, I remember seeing no twi- Twisters, not R. That's PG thirteen. But that messed me up as a six year old. Oh gosh, no, no, that's that's the kind of stuff where follow parents need to follow those guidelines. Like, well, I'm I'm still I have I'm glad I've seen it because it is one of my uh, like I really enjoy that movie. But I think Lethal Weapon Four was the first rated R movie I saw in theaters. Yeah. In Florida. So first rated R movie I got out, got around to seeing on my own. That was train spotting. And (laughs) mine was 300. Summed up up my, my twenties through (laughs) thirties. For me, it was, uh, it was 300. I, uh, first time I saw it, which I, I saw that movie three times in theaters. Oh, I First saw it twice I saw... in theaters. I, I will attest to that. 
first time I saw it, I oh no, it wasn't that. It was uh, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Oh, I never, I have yet to actually watch that. I recently rewatched that and I love it way more than I ever used to. Well, I loved it when it first came out and then I didn't. And now I'm back to loving it again. Well, but, that uh, happened to me with a rewatch of UHF recently, but. Oh, I only saw that for the first time like two years ago. And I love that movie. Oh, um, no, I think that was the first PG 13 movie. My dad's found for us. Cause nice. My mom, like the first PG-13 rated movie I saw, I was nine. It was Batman. My mom thought, oh, this is going to be okay. And, you know, for the most part, it's pretty tame. Batman yeah. Returns, that would that pissed my mom the Smack. fuck off. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot more going down in that one. The whole city. I wouldn't say it. it's an R-rated movie by any means. No, no, no. no. Well, especially 1992 means. Um, I, I was 16. I bought a ticket to Happy Feet. And went into Pick a Destiny, and that was the first time I had ever <laughs> done anything like that. Uh, and and I think the only time I had ever done anything like that because by the time Three Hundred came out, I was seventeen. Right. Was fine. But my two I friends, will... my two friends uh, were younger, and they bought tickets to see Wild Hogs to sneak in with us. And they didn't go to the Wild Hogs first and just came right in with us. Uh, Usher was right behind him, kicked him out, even though we were like the only people in the theater. <laughs> They were so upset. I I have only snuck into one other movie, and that was Spy Kids. <laughs> of all movies. Uh, well, it was like 1999, 2000. Well, I think it was probably 2001. Um, so I'm watching the Pokemon movies multiple times to stock up on Pokemon cards. Well, of course. So I, I still have I, those cards. It is 2001, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still collecting. So it would have been Pokemon Movie Three. Um. So you know, I uh, gotta the, get my four uh, Entei uh, card from that. <laughs> my yeah, I gotta get my four Entes to uh, you know, complete my deck. I uh, I gave the Mew from the first movie to my nephew for Christmas, and he loved that. Oh, I I don't I don't I don't get it right now where where the hell this demand is especially for the older cards that you can't which i should say pissed me off because you can't actually use them in the current decks dude it's crazy i mean it's crazy the like, demand that there is for the pokemon cards right now like i saw my uh former co-worker at the bank he was watching twitch videos of un unboxing of old team rocket yeah decks when like, she I was, like buying this, I, I was buying Japanese versions of these cards, man. What is so well, big? And I remember getting, um, so it was Team Rocket and then the Gym Trainers came after that. And yes. the Gym Trainers is like, like that, that rift between the Rocket and the Gym Trainers is about when I stopped collecting the cards. And I but, totally get that from a well, Yeah, I mean, it was just me going to Dragon Ball instead of Pokemon is what it was. And I thought I was, you know, well, Pokemon is dumb and for babies. Like that's <laughs> how I felt, which obviously I'm, I'm 31 and I don't feel that I love Pokemon and I love Dragon Ball too, but I love yeah. Pokemon and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. Um, so you're, I, you're already waiting for the pre-orders on the white and what is it? <laughs> uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes. No, uh, I actually refuse to give them my money for those games because they are one-to-one -one the original games, which I have on my DS 20 feet away from me. So that, I will not be giving them my $60. The, that, 
I will give you that because it's a problem with how they made Pokemon so accessible, honestly. Yep, I agree. Um, I, I think they're leaving the original fans out which is fine like to some extent we need well, to be left out the, i mean i don't think they're re- i don't think they're leaving the original fans out it's just that uh with enough know-it-all you can uh know with all you can go and use your pokemon from all the way back from nintendo ds yeah well uh, and I'll, honestly after my experience with with shield um i i'm I'm really not that pumped on the the franchise as a whole um, as ter- in terms of mainline games, but I did buy Pokemon Snap the day it came out, the new oh. one, because I've been waiting for that game for 20 years, 25 years. I, I've been waiting for that game, and I'm so happy. It's um, it's you know still frustrating at points, but it's a very good game. And I if they if they wanted to get me on that one, they would have had Bulbasaur in the original. Wow, and and see that's the thing. Like I, I was, you know, five or six I mean, I, when the now, original now that came I think out. About, now that I think about it, like, oh gosh, the possibilities actually with DLC and such. Like, well, and even then, like the game for even the original game showed Pokemon in their true habitats. It did something that Pokemon had never done to that point, and that's why I love it so much. Like you're just capturing the Pokemon they the way they're behaving. And, and this new one really adds to that in ways that I'm really happy about. I, like, it is everything that I wanted. I, some people are upset that they didn't do more in the game, but what more can you do in the game? Oh. You're just taking pictures of Pokemon on rails. Like, that's fine. I'm happy with that. Well, I think someday we'll have... Well, in the time of the internet, if you want the Pokemon rail shooter, I'm sure we can get it. So... Quit your bitching, I guess. <laughs> what is it? Donald Any- Trump Jr. and Eric are like, why Why can we only take pictures? Why can't I put, put a, you know, put nine millimeters in between their eyes? Jeez. Oh, that would be a nightmare game. Oh, just sitting there on rails doing House of Dead killing Pokemon? No, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, as I say, I mean, you'd have to do some bootlegs, but look, we have just made some. I'm not saying I wouldn't play it. No, no, we've made somebody. <laughs> um, I mean, I get probably 90 listens a, li- a week at a minimum. That's just following my pod bean cast uh, stats, I should say. I mean, I know there's a lot of different metrics. I know the podcast is doing beyond uh, what I ever expected for somebody who was really got nothing except you know uh claim you know delusions of grandeur i should say as long as you're having fun with it that's what matters oh yeah no it's a great new year's resolution and uh you know i gotta do a video games themed one just because of the uh you know i picked up the doa uh dvd i saw that at uh mega replay in bloomington i live in you know my parents are in morton so it's not uncommon for me to stop by Right. Well, um, it's not like it's that far from here anyway. Yeah. So I bought the uh, Dead or Alive DVD. It's like, um, I can't, this is not an official statement. I am not uh, claiming Tecmo stole anything from me, but there was a 14 year old child that I knew very well who sent them an idea for a fighting game called DOA with, 
very similar characters. Jeez. It was written in pencil. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, you know, I, it was just very weird when I thought, yeah, DOA two, such buzz for the Dreamcast, and why does this sound so familiar? <laughs> yeah, that's all I can say. I mean, I'm, that's my biggest problem, I guess. I have really, aside from the professional wrestling, uh, really lived out all my green, all my dreams. When I was ten, I was the Milk Duds Cubs Bat Boy for a day. <laughs> that's cool, and. Uh, you know, when I'm 20, 20, the video game I came up with was made. <laughs> I mean, whether you get credit for it or not, that's pretty yeah, cool still. Yeah, it's it's basically like, maybe that's why I don't mind living in the slums of Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> the bullet is coming for me at some point. Some point. <laughs> some point. <laughs> Can I tell you where I'd like to put my bullet? Because it's in the movie Jack and Jill. Mm. No, that's what pissed me off to no end was, okay, Jack and Jill is such a train wreck. There's it's no, awful. There's no way I'll have to consider it for this podcast. I mean, all of Anders, Adam Sandler's movies, I would say after The Longest Yard, are damn near two hours apiece. Yeah, they're all so long, uh, with the exception of some of the newer ones. Yes, which no, I, I did not watch because I didn't realize they were shorter. Yeah, no, um, it, yeah, no, Jack and Jill. Like, I gotta go and watch. Basically, I gotta go and watch Ted before I publish this, just so I can get the sound bite. You know, of <laughs> uh, Ted. Oh yeah. Um. So, yeah, we we were gonna watch. We were watching that movie, uh, Jack and Jill, and. That is no, that is totally unwatchable. Uh, but it's hey, garbage. But hey, they're hookers. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what kills me is they wasted Al Pacino on Jack and Jill. Well, <laughs> everybody loves. There's no argument that everybody loves the Dunkachino. Well, yeah, I sure, but they still wasted Al Pacino on Jack and Jill. <laughs> Look, Al Pacino is not. Robert De Niro. He is not Joe Pesci. No, no, I agree, and and I'm I'm certainly not his biggest fan. I I despise Scarface personally. Oh, but, well, well Scar- Scarface. No, I think Scarface works, but I well, I understand it. I I I, I think it that. works. I think it's a fine movie. I'm just not a fan of it. <laughs> oh no, no, Pacino. I think with Scarface, that's what. Scarface was necessary for Pacino. I well, yeah, absolutely. He, it was a big part from, of his career. Yeah, career-wise. But I mean, he was <laughs> it. he went from doing uh soft-spoken Italian Americans, Godfathers. Godfathers, uh Dog Days Afternoon, Dog Day yeah, Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, I mean, Serpico. Serpico. And and then it's like, yeah, you're only going to play this. Then he tried a bunch of BS projects. Um, and, he, and he did a lot of theater. I shouldn't say that. He did a lot yeah, of, well, he's a busy man. Right. No, he did. He was he was very he was active, but he didn't really do movies. And any movie he did post God post Serpico was garbage. Um, Scarface made him 
I think the method made him dive into a character and not to say that he did it well. Um, I don't want to, now that I'm speaking, it's like, yeah, maybe we should do Michael Pena as Scarface. Uh. <laughs> oh, no, I'd, watch no. that. I'd watch that movie. I, I you know, I, I, anymore, I think he has been over corporatized, uh, yes. but I love him. And I think I would watch that movie in a heartbeat. Well, if not Michael Pena, Clifton Collin Jr., yeah, I'll, I think I'll Clifton that. might be a little too old, but well, I, I honestly I think if you try and redo Scarface, you're going to get a lot of backlash. I mean, it's like how they remade Point Blank, and it, it certainly wasn't Point Blank. Like, if you remake Scarface, it's not going to be Scarface. Al Pacino is Scarface. Well, no, that's what you immediately think of, like especially if Point Break, which. Point Break was already remade. It was called Fast and the Furious, the Fast oh, yeah. and the Furious, which and is why I, gotta... I, I have yet to watch a sequel of that. I, I oh. saw, I mean, and I have, I've purchased Hobbs and Shaw. I love and, the Fast and Furious, movies. and I, Universal is just giving away uh, Fast and Furious Eight, uh, the Fate of the Furious. The I am fate sorry, of the Furious. Uh, I will say that Bulletproof has. Uh, very much point break fast and furious vibes to it because it starts with Damon Wayne's being an undercover cop yeah to Adam Sandler's criminal um right he took a the the premise is basically he's bulletproof because he took a bullet to the head he's got an accidental bullet oh from Adam Sandler oh all right no no now you've just sold this movie to everybody it is free on stars right now there it is go watch it it is it's a it's a fun movie I you know I I I do like it. Um, I I love the Fast and Furious movies too, though. Legit. I know they're not. Well, you know, as a whole, you have to just sit back and have fun. But there are some good movies in the franchise. I I don't. Look, Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham, if you keep giving them something to work with, they will deliver. Yeah. And I still haven't. I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw yet, but... um, Five was well, good. Idris Seven Erba is the as best. your villain. I mean, what? How can you be mad at that? Unless well, you're Star Trek I, Beyond. I, I, I have watched <laughs> The Losers, so I love The Losers, though. What? <sighs> I know it has problems, but I love it. It just, it just falls weight. I mean, it's excellent, Chris Evans. Oh yeah. To me, The Losers is is like red. Like I hold those two movies no, very Red, similar. Red was awesome. I mean, yeah, it is. So it's I the think, losers. I I think the problem is the losers weren't established. Like, like Chris Evans, everybody was just thinking, oh, he was that that flame guy. <laughs> well, and he he was just a, a skinny frosted tip dude in that in in the losers. So no, was, that was that was his charm. It's one of like right. if, if you love Chris Evans, you owe it to yourself to watch the losers. Hundred percent agree. That elevator scene or, or that scene where he yeah where fingers he's, up like that's the best part of the movie. It's just fun to see him. I mean, the diversity like of seeing him like no, I'm not Cap. <laughs> well, and this is before that was even on the board. But I'm just yeah. I mean, but. You know, Johnny. People, I mean, people might not necessarily realize that, but no, you're right. It's it is full charming, Chris. It's like watching Cellular. 
I love cellular, by the way. Oh, uh, you know, I've never really given that one the chance. I'm gonna Well, say- it's not great, but I love it. Well, Jason Jason Statham is just such a I appreciate well, he's English, so he's not gonna turn down any paycheck. It's true. And I, I do Michael I, Michael Kane should have half the filmography <laughs> that he has. And nobody nobody will dispute that. No, not even Michael Kane. But now that uh, I think about what uh, and I hate to hate to bring us back to Sandler this way because we're no it's we're, fine. But I have, and I don't know if you thought about it. I have a DVD two pack of PCU and Airheads. Oh, I love Airheads. Airhead, no Airheads. Like, there's nothing really great. Well, honestly, like it's Brendan Fraser. Yeah, no, I don't know. And Steve Buscemi. It's Steve Buscemi's awesome. Adams. Adam Sandler's the shy Adam Sandler in yes. that movie is so good. David Arquette's awesome in that movie. Yeah. I mean, no, everybody delivers. It's it's just a you know, it's just an Judd, okay movie. Judd Nelson is awesome in that movie. He's the uh, radio host, right? No, that's that's um, the radio host is Joe Mantegna. Oh, that's right. It's perfect. I mean, that everything about that movie is perfect. The story, except for the story, continuity, plot. <laughs> You're watching it for these performers. One, so Airheads is such a unique one for me. Um, same with Going Overboard. I'm going to put these two in the same category okay. for me. All right. I um when I did not have the nerve to venture that far back. Well, it so I didn't this time around. But I, I will tell you, like I I've, I've been an Adam Sandler fan my whole life. Like I said, um, when five dollar DVD bins were becoming a thing like this was when they were yes. first a thing oh no i i it was that in puddle jumpers yeah well i remember going to to our super k back our super k mart and going overboard was in that bin and i was like holy cow an adam sandler movie i don't know about this was after my billy madison obsession and and whatnot with, and with that, just to put a pause everybody loves tommy boy but I've oh, never, so no, I'm not questioning. It's so good, especially. And the moment I am dare threatening its standard, it's like, oh, you're going to piss on Dan Aykroyd. Oh, Rob Lowe in it just being Rob Lowe. <laughs> Bo, is Derek Rob isn't, Lowe. Bo Derek isn't wasted. Like, uh, Tommy Boy's an awesome movie, but I've never had like the need to have Tommy Boy in my collection. There's See, always going to be a need for a, a, a thing scratching at the back of my brain saying you need that happy Gilmore. Oh yeah. I mean, sorry. Happy, yeah. Happy. You need that happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, two pack in your collection. You know that. Why are you denying that? So I, I agree, but also I, <sighs> I, I think that you need that Black Sheep Tommy Boy two-pack no, as no, well. No, no. Uh, Black Sheep I saw in theater, and it's like, I was 16. See, and but this is, like, I think, again, the age difference. I That one just told me, no, this is Tommy Boy without the charm. But I, so for me... Gary Busey is the best thing about Tommy Boy. Gary Busey is in Black Sheep and not Tommy Boy. Sorry, Black Sheep, sorry. 
Look, I have podcasts. You boom, boom, boom. So. I know. I'm just, I'm just getting you there. No, I. So for me, it was Black Sheep is the one that I had seen more because it was the one that was always on TV, right? So yeah, I, I loved Black Sheep. Thing. I mean, well, that's that's the problem. Like that was the one that nobody wanted to watch, so it was always on TV, and I loved it. I loved it, and then I found out about Tommy Boy, and I loved it. And I always thought I preferred Black Sheep. I bought the two pack of Blu-rays and Tommy boy is better. It like, to me, that is oh, no. the movie that will make me laugh 10 times out of 10. I don't care how many times I see it, but I hold Tommy boy in personally in my head uh, in terms of how I'll laugh too happy. Go more. I, I think those movies are, are very funny uh, equally. Oh no. I, I don't question Tommy boy's a classic. I'm just saying I'm going to give Sandler the, you know, well, yeah, you should have these two over those two any day of the week. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore over Black Sheep and Tommy Boy. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I mean, Chris Farley was great as a supporting character, which is something um, Jim, uh, John Belushi never really got a chance to do. No, well, and I think that's part of the problem of his career. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, Chris Farley wanted to be. I mean, man, I mean, the answer is never blow, sadly. Sadly. It's never been my answer. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. I understand. And it's it's a shame that we lose talents or people in general so early to something that should they shouldn't be going to for the answer and it's like i wish we could have gotten to help you before that became the the case oh no i mean believe me um it's the reason why my 20s revolved around transpotting so yeah right no i i understand one shit shit happens i'll say it yeah no that's true and and my my thing with heroin like yeah i went bankrupt over somebody who didn't give a shit but i wouldn't have gotten to that point if i didn't find the ultimate person who just doing her damnedest to survive so and as long as you've learned something from it and grown from it well i'm a codependent asshole so i can't really say that but you know it but you know it yes yes and that's a big deal but uh, i believe it or not that counts for something yeah (laughs) <laughs> no no you you are absolutely right there um i mean you you probably still in in your worst of times you probably would have made a better movie than 50 first dates because i gotta tell not, you i'm not a fan i'm not a, i'm i wasn't overly offended by 50 first dates but i will say i watched that with a bunch of junkies so <laughs> that's fair that's a good time to- i thought sean Aston. that's like I think he's perfect. probably the best part. Yes, and I think well, Dan Aykroyd's good too. Oh yes, to the doctor. Yeah, but um, no, like that was the. If it would have made hundreds instead of tens, because I know it wasn't a bomb. And uh, gosh, damn, Roy Schneider is just racist. When not Roy, <laughs> Rob, Rob, yeah. Well, Roy and that's Schneider, National Treasure, Jaws, Dracula, two and three. Wes Craven's Dracula's two and three. Um, Rob Schneider, racist. Yes. Has a show Um, that he 
uh, he funded himself is, and that's why it's a Netflix original real Rob is all his money that got put towards it. And it's real bad. Uh, I'm sure he's taken, taken a bit of money from his daughter. Probably um, L King, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably uh, either way. No, I'm not saying Rob Schneider is not funny and isn't a talent. It's oh, I, I just I still like his characters. I oh, just no, no, it's just his characters shouldn't like they shouldn't be him. Like yeah. that's what it comes down that's, to. No, no, and like no, no, like I watched so for my binge of stuff that was free. <laughs> I should say, yeah. or should I say? For free, if you actually watch bedtime stories at some point. Free, I saw it in theaters, man. I've seen. Oh, it. that wasn't too bad, honestly. I'm gonna... I I love bedtime stories, but it's different. It's different. Oh no, I I I think it's, I think it's important for Sandler because it just basic because I would never like just seeing clips or hearing sound bites. I would never watch Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, I get that. Although I'd love it. Oh, well, but no. you're right. Just from the bites and stuff, I would have never watched it from the trailers. Like it yeah. took me ten years to see that movie. Oh no, and that's 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 totally fair. Uh, hour seventy four, it would qualify for. Well, I think an hour. No, it's only seventy four minutes. Okay, it would qualify for the podcast because yeah. I will not deny Oliver and Company and the Great Mouse Detective <laughs> uh, for the podcast. Sure. Um, for the website, no, no. 70, you couldn't come up with an extra minute <laughs> well there, it is 76 is what it says okay no all right well but but that means still probably it's animated so 10 minutes of that's probably credits yeah well that that's been something i've been dealing with like i would say before the marvel cinematic universe nobody was doing like you have to stick around for the credits well yeah most of the part yeah absolutely they right. they popularize that for sure. Right. Although Pirates of the Caribbean was one of the first to do it, Marvel definitely popularized popularized. Yeah, that, that was a weird weird thing when it came to pirates because I was thinking about, well, Renona Ryder back in Mister Deeds. Well, that was her crazy phase. It's like, well, she was with Johnny Depp. I mean, <laughs> there obviously had to have been a crazier phase, or like crazy as Amber Heard. Like, well, and it's like. Just a whole lot of bollocks going through my head because <laughs> I, like I am not I am not team Amber or team Johnny. Yeah, I have. Uh, this is coming from somebody who su- survived, who's been in domestic situations. It's like um, I was a like everybody pitied me when I got the shit kicked out of me by somebody who was a dancer at the time. Yeah. And, and it's like, no, and you know, I saw him thinking about it. Well, I don't think she, you know, it could be my codependency. But no, like it's kind of bullshit that I'm getting the uh I'm being treated as the good guy when yeah. you know you're just looking at oh, this is what she represented represented it. And it's like, no, that's not what she represented. I knew that. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm uh, saying I was the I I wasn't the victim. I believe I was. 
Right. Yeah, but I, you don't want to be. You know, I can stop and think, all right, why would somebody go so psychotic on a person and think, well, it's got to be something. You, if I would have walked away and she would have hurt herself, I would have felt guilty. But that if sticking around, I mean, meant she still hurt herself in the situation. But yeah. sticking around may have inspired her to jump off a roof. Yeah, so, that's no good. Yeah, um, which is why, as I say, I'm not. Amber Heard deserves to be Mira. You can quote that 90 <laughs> of the podcast. Joe Goldwitzer may not approve. I do. Uh, I got to take a, just give me a second. I got to use the restroom really quick. I Very will be right cool. back. Okay. I'm Very just, cool. I'm. Ninety for Chill, the podcast proudly presents to you Ali's Accessories Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. He hid behind the mask of his own face. We're working with him. Walking in the shadows. Thanks to a genetic abnormality, it was born with physical defects that all humanity consider totally disgusting. On the edge of violence. One day his world was shattered. It was just like a big brother to you. You just tell me who they are and where I can find them. You are in the lockdown ward at St. Matthew's Charity. I run a program that deals with reconstructive surgery. How would you like a new face? I will give you a new name and a chance at a new life. I know who you are and I know what you are. You look like a great guy, at least I think so. I'm not so sure that I'm what you want. I don't know what I want. Matter. Anything normal? But all he sees is the past. I saw them kill my best friend. Why don't you give me a little hint, baby? Help me remember who you are. It'll come to you. We'll take him out big when the time gets right. You really think you're gonna get even with me? You got a shot at a better life. You can't just throw that away. I don't think you know what you're missing. Sure, I do. watching uh, Johnny Handsome from 1989, directed by Walter Hill, and quite the cast for that year. This film's about Mickey Rourke, who is a, I guess you'd say crack baby, who grew up with facial disfigurements, which ironically, the prosthetics, prosthetics pretty much look like, well, basically, he gets plastic surgery to go while he's in prison to go and hunt down the people who put him in there and killed his best friend. As I say, he turns out to be Johnny Handsome. Ironically, he was always called Johnny Handsome because of ironic, you know, they definitely wasn't. Basically, the disfigured Mickey Rourke in this movie is what Mickey Rourke looks like today. Not the pretty boy who I think just had more hair which kept Bruce Willis out of a lot of jobs. Now, the cast is strong. Ellen Barkin, Morgan Freeman. Freeman's phoning it in as the questionable cop. Good guy in the end, but sorry to spoil that. I'm just doing that, so don't expect wanted from him. No, shoot this. As for the rest of the cast, it's pretty strong. It is a good feature. Um, 
Owen Barkin delivers good slutty performance. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is the plastic surgeon and very likable characters at that. And you almost feel bad for everybody that it's a revenge plot in the end. And that's how you're supposed to feel. So it nails everything it wants to do. I just can't really say it's got a lot of rewatch value. I don't think the two thumbs up a powerhouse ending. I'd like to see it again. Not really. Oddly enough, though, it could be a weird sequel to Angel Heart. Now, this was, if this was on screen picks or epics or whatever free cable movie package I have, yeah, I could see it as background noise. So it's not bad, except the DVD that I picked up was not subtitled. said closed caption. Come on, who can really figure that out on their TV? Without those... The prosthetics on Mickey Rourke uh, make him unintelligible. I mean, ironic in so many ways. Superman! And we are back to 90 for Chill, the podcast. At least that lets me... uh, I should say at least that makes me... And then it's like, oh crap, Russ. You're going to have to watch a bad movie starting with the letter J. Just to put at the beginning of the episode as a... Uh, Ali's Accessories Shop on Etsy now presents to you a trash feature review. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you mentioned bedtime stories earlier. Yes. So so you enjoyed bedtime stories. I did. I mean, I'm not going to take a lot of time to rewatch it, but if if I had my niece and nephew around and Lord knows... I didn't think I got enough of a chance to corrupt my niece and nephew. I am <laughs> very focused on my soon-to-be niece. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think Breadtime Stories is the first time you really see Adam Sandler turn to making content more geared towards his kids. Yeah. I don't I don't know if he had had kids at that point. I, I think he had, but... Right. Um, you can see that with the uh, Hotel Transylvania. Even grown-ups... Here. To an extent, I, well, I know those aren't sub a hundred, but, but but they're very family oriented movies. Yes, no, it's um, which is weird because it's just when you see a guy who still gets away with childlike, and I can even refer to Punch Drunk Love, having uh, grown up with a, I actually saw that movie in theaters with my older sister. Of somebody who's just not basically in punch drug love he's basically a neglected neglected child amongst daughters nobody yeah. took the time to uh actually learn how to al- allow him to exist in society well and I, I think um some of the blame is probably on him for not learning how to also express himself but I think that was because of the anxiety and stress from having as many sisters as he did. Yes. But what I like, that's why I actually find it so interesting is, oh, is his whole dynamic. Oh no. It's, it's, I, I mean, more I think about it and I will say I have not watched Magnolia. It is per, it has been purchased on iTunes. I actually watched that with Mitchell. He showed oh. it to me for the first time. Oh no. Mitchell is a like Mitchell was, pitching the hell of it out of that on uh our podcast the last couple i'll I'll back that up you gotta watch it it's i i think it's so good 
but um, no, just um, back when I was working uh, call centers and it was the rider customer response center, it was just chatting with fellow co-workers and like mentioned that, oh, well, my older sister has Asperger's disorder. And then this guy who pops up and says, oh, I have that too. And I stopped and looked at him and said, yep, I can tell. I didn't mean to be cold. And this guy no. was relying on me to bring him uh, a lot more pro wrestling content than what, it, what, what, like, uh, it's just that my older sister is doing great because my parents took the time to realize, like, she's there's nothing wrong with her but she's not going to approach things in similar ways to everybody else oh it makes sense and we have to you know we have to accommodate and teach her how to deal with people right it's got to be different than than the past right and somebody in the problem with asperger's disorder and it being diagnosed is people like go with the Sheldon argument from Big Bang Theory. I'm not crazy. My mom had me tested. And it's like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom needed to bust her ass to be a great parent. Yeah. Uh, Granted, this is coming from a person who doesn't plan on having any children, so... I got to say, as far as Adam Sandler's character in Punch Drunk Love, um, I probably, and for better or for worse here, I definitely identify more with that character than literally any of his characters that I've come to know for the last 30 years of my life. What, we're looking at Rain Over Me? As the only other option? Well, I mean, even, even in his comedic things, I think there's a hint of humanity, but to me well and big daddy is probably honestly as sad as it may be the next closest thing although i'd never be like he was in that movie it's just if i have to grasp at straws that's the one i'm i'm grasping at but punch drunk love the way that he he bottles that anger up and then lets it all out and then you know he's so worried about how how lena is gonna see him and he's like well did my sister like don't my sister might have told you i'm getting a a shrink i'm not you know like even though he was he's so worried about how she sees him maybe not to the extremes that he's let it out but these are things that i i personally do deal with like i i am very much worried about how other people see me. And I do sometimes, I used to at least have a lot of anger issues, although I'd never, I'd never beat up a bathroom like he did. And I'd certainly never beat up a person, but mm. um, you know, I'm more like if I get mad. With that gonna... said though, I think beating up a bathroom should not be a crime at any extent. No. Oh, I, Government I funded bathrooms. I think we can all agree about that. Wow. They should be. Yeah. Hey, but, everybody's got to poop. No, well, that no, that's beyond true. But I'm just saying. <laughs> hey. All right, but no, sorry to inter inter. No, no, you're fine. I thought it was basically over. Right. No, and it's not like as I said with uh, uh, the podcast with Mitchell. It's not like I didn't have 
dreams of beating the crap out of all the people who picked on my sister the moment I got to high school when I would be a freshman and she was a senior. Now, if you listen to, uh, and might be blowing a guest, a returning guest, but if you listen to the Columbine podcast, eh, his adjectives are a little, <laughs> little, little too vivid for my taste. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I, I, I honestly related to the character because I was somebody who was just trying to impress one person up until that point. And then when I finally got over that, well, that led me to my junkie stories. <laughs> so the, the train spotting test. Yes. Um, I mean, it's just a, like there's never a point in punch drunk love where you don't think that Adam Sandler's character is wrong. Yeah, like yeah, that's oh, true. he just beat the shit out of his uh out of the uh door, the sliding door. Who the hell has a sliding door? I mean, if you have kids, especially, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna run into it and break it themselves. Yeah, like no, I think you you like you're giving them way too much shit. Uh, with that being said, I have um helped out uh marilyn riseback i think it was who was the dominant sister in that movie riseback yeah she was a uh, chloe in 24 right yes exactly she stayed yeah. at the mark twain hotel and i drove all the comic like she's an excellent comic I, well, drove- I, I, I didn't know she was a comic for the longest time because all i knew her from was 24 right. as soon as i learned she was a comic oh she- I, f- I fell in love with her i mean i was i already loved her but yeah She's insane. Oh, no, She's Gail the Snail. It was like um, in the movie, like, which was like the first date I had in a long time. Uh, I just felt awkward because I was the 28 year old at Juco and she was 21. Uh, <laughs> I'm see the movie Sunshine Cleaning, which is I, all right. I've actually never seen that. Yeah, you're not, I'm not. Not saying if you love Alan Alda, you got to see it. I do love Alan Alda. Well, there you go. Um, Emily Blunt, like, um, I love her too. Well, okay, then you need to see Sunshine Cleaning because it's not a bad mean film by any means. Um, I mean, it's uh, always that and Little Miss Sunshine have always been on my list, and I've just never watched them. Little Miss Sunshine, it's um, but it's funny because. The the story really focuses on uh, Amy Adams in Sunshine Cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Um, Emily Blunt's her little sister. She's trying to make money to support herself and her son, Amy Adams, I should say. Yeah. By doing crime scene cleanups. Interesting. And uh, Emily Blunt finds it's not a crime scene. It's just a, a you know dead body found. Yeah. And she wants to try reconnecting the mother with the child um, from one of the one of the scenes they clean up. And I mean, that already sells me more on the movie than any of the trailers that I saw did. I, I, I wanted to on, see it Amy, still. No offense to Steve Zahn. Amy Adams isn't going to give you time of day. <laughs> no. Well, no. And Steve Zahn is a married police officer who suggests crime scene cleanup to his mistress what has he been up to because man did i like that guy yeah no no i haven't heard anything from him since um 
the perfect getaway oh he oh he's an ape he was in war for the planet of the apes which is the one i haven't seen yet Wait, and no he, and i hear that's the bet i mean that's the one with woody right yeah I think so yeah i haven't seen that one i yet. only saw the first one i was really the first two um i don't know i was really freaked out by an ape. like the preview freaked me the hell out when the ape was able to grab the machine gun <laughs> It's so good. Actually, that might... I don't remember which one that is. But just him in the first one saying just the no is no. so fun for me. It's it's The first one is brilliant. Second one was pretty good, too. Second one had uh, the old man in it, Gary Oldman. Oh, right. All right. And uh, Joel Edgerton. Edgerton. Yeah. I don't know. The one that's not the other one that looks like him. You sure it wasn't Jason Clark? <laughs> no, I. It is definitely Joel Edgerton. Jason Clark's the one that looks like him. <laughs> oh, I. You see, I was all I hadn't seen any Jason Clark till I saw Terminator Genesis. I'm not sure. No, I I did get it wrong. You're right. I think it is Jason Clark that's in it, and Joel Edgerton is the one that looks like him. Yep, Jason Clark is the one that's. It. Yeah, I was wrong. You were right. I okay. uh, I apologize. You were absolutely right. Oh no, hey. Um, you're talking to a guy who only knows Jason Clark because I like Terminator Genesis. Uh, I know him from White House Down because I love that movie. A lot of people love the the Down series. Well, no, the White House Down is the one. It's oh, no, the, no, I'm sorry. That's Olympus. Olympus. Yeah, Olympus has oh, fallen. Olympus. I've not seen those movies, and I don't care to because Roland Emmerich's White House Down is my favorite. With Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. There's just something charming about Gerard Butler, though. I mean, I, well, while I would have agreed years ago, um, I I just, I can't get on board with him anymore. I watched that Greenland movie with my parents uh, over Christmas. Didn't see that one. Last last new thing I saw him in was Geostorm, which was bloody awful. Uh, Well, uh, Greenland is very similar. Uh, and it's also pretty awful, and, and it's upsetting to me because uh, Marina Bacharin's in it as his, oh. uh, wife, and yeah. she's normally fantastic. And I like this was just such a such a blockbuster corporate cookie cutter BS movie to me. It was fine, it looked fine, but it just was not a good time. Huh. Their decisions didn't make any sense. Well, no, no, like Gerard Butler in his best movies, and we're talking Den of Thieves. Oh, yeah. Base um, Gerard Butler, I'm in for. I mean, I'm not a fan. I thought it was a crap movie. Um, what was the one where he was basically just um, talking about law abiding citizen? Yes. I love that movie. Oh, no. It's it's not a great movie, but I it, it's I love the movie because of him, like his. No, no, he his, his the the scene where he's basically saying, uh, "I should get bail because of these circumstances," yeah. and you're a dumb bitch for giving me bail. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's I I like. There's some I actually recently, scenes, but it's... I recently rewatched that because I remember loving it so much when it came out, despite knowing it wasn't like a fantastic movie. But um, I 
I think he is why I like that movie. And and it's no, crazy to me that I don't enjoy his movies as much anymore because I loved him so much when he came out. Well, I mean, let's let's just be honest. Like, aside from three hundred, we got was... Rock and Rolla. Oh, I'm sorry. We will never be Smirch <laughs> Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Right, ID for chill the podcast. I, you know, I'm even a gamer fan. Believe oh, it. Oh no, not. gamer, gamer, gamer is especially for Best Buy workers who are trying to, who are <laughs> always wondering, do I pre-order it for that ten dollar credit and the DLC? No, gamer is excellent. I will, <laughs> Michael C. But if it didn't have Michael C. Hall, maybe not so much. I love, I mean, just the premise of that movie is so much fun. And I love Terry Crews singing, got no strings on me. I love it. But Michael C. Hall did so much better. He did. Oh, he was great. Yeah. He's the puppet master guy. Uh, (laughs) I I know this is not necessarily on topic, but have you seen movie 43? No, I haven't. So I know Basically, people don't like that movie. Actors had been conned into doing yeah. this. There's no, there's no if and or buts about that one. I love it. I love it. I think it's so dang funny. I know people don't, and I know it's no, no, offensive. No, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm not even saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying. Oh, it is. But it is. I'll tell you straight away. It is. But it's fantastic. I am just saying that everybody involved. They tried to stop it from coming out. That's for sure. Well, um, yes, no. It's it's Rudy Giuliani with his smacking pants down. Yeah. Uh, Gerard Butler plays a leprechaun in that, and oh, it's fantastic. Okay, no, 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 no. Gerard Butler is Scottish. Yes, Irish bollocks. Well, he's a leprechaun in this, uh, and Hugh Jackman has balls on his chin. Yes, I was aware of that one, and. <laughs> I don't know how you try the moment you put the balls on your chin. I don't know how you deny the movie being released. Well, and he's, (laughs) it's funny because he's at a date with what Kate Winslet of all people. Yeah. Um, I think, I think honestly the worst part of that movie is of all people's scenes, Halle Berry and Stephen Merchant, two people that I, absolutely adore oh no no their scene is probably the uh least fun to me but uh still a lot of fun i recommend watching it i i think you should you should definitely give that one a try (laughs) oh it's not like i haven't you know it's it's definitely one of those movies it's like yeah you know you know what you're there's there's just a sense of Maybe there's something redeeming that people. I don't I know. We, there is. There we, is something redeeming. We just need more sketch television, like the prime time, of, like the prime days of SCTV and Saturday Night Live. Man, I am so over SNL as it is. Oh well, no, I'm. I haven't watched a single episode from this season, but I watched most of them. <laughs> I mean. I'm not proud of it. Well, I'm not, I'm not judging yet. Um, no, of course. Especially, I mean, the year before that, all the, at least the year before that, every performer is bloody lip syncing and you can tell it now. 
Well, and I think my big problem is how they look at the teleprompter so much. And I get it. It's hard to memorize this stuff because it's changing so frequently. But more now than ever, I'm really taking out of it because they're not writing scenes where it's natural to be looking that way. Although um, the, the exception was this newest episode with Keegan, uh, Keegan, Michael key hosted. And I think because he has such a strong sketch background and improv background, I think they really wrote things that played into that. And it showed probably the best episode I've seen in terms of the actual host is hosts acting, which was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, but which kind of brings me back to, uh, well, just brings us bring us back to Adam Sandler. Well, no, sadly not. Um, <laughs> Paul Mooney has recently passed. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. So, um, rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Yeah. No, he was. Uh, I mean, he's the guy. His career is just beyond underappreciated the work he did with prior but being the man who said white people love wayne brady because he makes bryant gumbel look like malcolm x As on the Chappelle show, he said that, right? Yes, and you know that, and hey, no offense to Dave, the best stand-up out there right now, you knew that was Paul Mooney's. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's just a, it's going to be, well, I mean, he was 79 years old, I mean. Yeah, it was, uh. If, it was bound if, to happen, but yeah, it's I mean, if sad anything, that it, it did. just makes me worry about my dad's mortality at 73. Yeah, but I think my grandma's 81, so I'm not looking forward to that either. Yeah. Trust is a very important commodity in business. It's the cult, and I trust this guy with my life. Screw that. They were partners. Uh-oh, we got company. Smooth and easy. Friends. Everything we do, we split down the middle, right? Of course we do with partners. But every friendship... You're the only guy I've ever trusted in my entire life. ...hits the occasional bump in the road. You're under arrest. You better be messing around right You now. have the right to remain silent. How can you do this you to have me? The right to re- this cost me millions of dollars. Millions, I'm very, very mad. For Detective Jack Keats... There he is. Not even a bullet in the head could stop him. The last man he wants to see. Have you been drinking, sir? I had about a half a beer, but the dog had a lot. Is the one witness he needs to protect. He knows my operation from down the bottom. It's up to you to bring him in, Keats. You sneeze. If I even smell your breath, I will shoot you dead. How about if I chew loud? They don't know who to trust. Ah, Oh my god, a guy looks like a tumbleweed. And they're on the run. I got one option for us, and it's not very good. Okay, well, what is it? Crash landing, man. Okay, I'll be in the back sitting on the black box. From both sides of the law. You don't trust us all of a sudden? I don't trust anybody, Whoopi. Damon Way. 
simple. Adam Sandler. But you're glad he gave me that gun. Bulletproof. My bodyguard, you know that. And I've just completed watching Bulletproof with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans, which I would say is midnight run for dummies. Now, there's a different way that they could have made it that make it a little more fast paced, a little less gimmicky, and probably could have cut some jokes that. Are we a bit offensive? Don't want to sound cruel, but as long as the word, it, the R word, is using a verb and a tense sense, as an, or as an adjective, yeah, I, 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 can, I can excuse it, but eh. And the, the, a lot of gay jokes, which wouldn't fly. I mean, it could really just be a PG-13 rated movie. Sandler could have been a little more goofy. Instead of saving all his goofiness for just uh, whenever he says a cuss word. It's interesting enough, 2020 they made Bulletproof 2. Thank God the pandemic probably covered that one up. So it's just a very simple story, which I think kind of hinders this kind of chase stuff. Your plot twists are a little predictable. But, you know, Wayans and Sandler have a great repartee with each other so that the feature travel feature travels pretty well it's just uh like how a friend of mine at work said army of the dead is basically like eh, it was it was fun but that was two and a half hours i just lost and with bulletproof it's a pretty forgettable one and a half hours but it's amusing enough paul mooney gerard butler terry cruz <laughs> grown-ups no, was it grown up? Terry Crews had some relation with Sam, Terry, right? Yeah, so he was in the longest yard. Oh, uh, which is not a sub 100 minute movie. So no, even, but, it's uh, definitely like the longest I, yard tells you. I mean, it's okay. Can, can I tell you that I actually I sent you the message I did after watching The Longest Yard uh-huh. because I had just recently bought a whole bunch of Sandler movies that yeah. I I bought them on Vudu but I had already yeah. had them on, on Blu-ray. Um, I'd watched it and a I learned that uh, one of the guys in there, Brucey from the one the one that can't do anything right, I didn't realize that was John Torturo's brother. Yes, yeah, blew my mind. But also made me realize I love adam sandler movies and i want to talk about adam sandler movies and i know we've we've gone all over the place and i'm happy with how it's gone but that movie is why i reached out to you because i was like i i want to watch the other ones again i want to get into this you see the problem i have with yard longest yard and it's just an age thing honestly is because my dad took the time to show me the longest yard with burt reynolds and uh richard keel the um who played jaws yep um and like it's just with the moment i see the scene where i think he just shit his pants (laughs) i think he just shit his pants he just shit his pants was originally richard keel i think i broke his smacking neck i think he broke his smacking neck he broke his smacking neck (laughs) I told you I broke his smack and neck. 
See, I still haven't watched the original. It's it's oh. something I've been putting off. I didn't realize it was uh, it's still funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, you almost feel sorry for Chris Rock because we're really, as a person who saw the first movie, we're really going to do this again? <laughs> <laughs> I do love that Joey Diaz is in it. I, I got to say that. I love me some Joey Coco Diaz, and I love me that he's in that. The guy is so funny. But, uh, I mean, yeah. It, I, the Longest Yard is a fun movie. It's just like, you just hey, know when it was done. Like, I have not seen Billy Bob Thornton's uh, The Bad News Bears. It's okay. But I just know it was done right the first time yeah it just his bad news bears just feels like bad bad santa again oh well but, but I, baseball wow but it's not necessarily a good thing it's fun it's fine no no you you have to go total r-rated if you're gonna address bad santa and right try to translate it right and that's the thing like he's literally taking uh 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 O'Doul's, pouring it out and putting real beer in it and then like yeah that's fine but go full for it or don't bother me why aren't you shagging somebody's mom that's basically the i'm pretty sure he did (laughs) well okay but look the original sponsors of the bad new bear news bears and i'm saying i haven't seen the remake like the the name on the jersey was chico's bail bonds (laughs) <laughs> yeah j- just watch the original no if, I'm, if I'm, you can't top that stick with the original it's yeah. it's not worth the the watch and i, I i'm a billy bob thornton fan oh no but yeah i don't think the new one is anything to write home about yeah now I, mm. no go ahead no 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 i think you've got something better well i was just gonna say we should talk about the adam sandler cameos in the rob schneider movies well, yes, we should, but there's not a long conversation to be had about it. No, and I acknowledge that, but the fact of the matter is like I am not gonna watch a Rob Schneider movie. No, I did not watch these to prepare, but I have seen them in the past. Well, and you're 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 talking my mom was a big fan of the Deuce Bigelow franchise. Yeah, they're fine. But but that's where you get Adam Sandler doing the uh I think that was the you can do it. If not that, the well, animal was the where animal. he did. Yes, yeah, so he did the you can do it, which is just doing Rob Schneider's classic cameo, which yeah. is his best role. Um, my favorite, I think, a little bit ra- racist when you think about true Cajuns. But. Yeah, well, at least it's a little more justifiable for what it's worth, but maybe not. I don't well, know. I'm just just saying, you, neither. Occasions don't necessarily have the tans like us yeah. white people, and I don't know. Now we're getting in. Uh, I think <laughs> we don't about, need to. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> we're gonna get into Israeli Palestine. No, we uh, don't need to get into <laughs> like, that. I I think that his Adam Sandler's um <laughs> his cameo in the hot chick is my favorite. No, you see, because I mean, it's. 
what do you remember his cameo in that have you no, seen i that never chick? got around to watching the hot chick like, okay so he he does rob schneider's character from snl where he's like oh you, you can keep your weed in there no oh. not not the making copies guy although that would have been fantastic no he's he's just i mean again borderline appropriation here he's a rastafarian white boy yeah um who's just every like his punchline is oh you can keep your weed in there which knowing that that was rob schneider's character on snl and now it's adam sandler playing it in the hot chick that's why i enjoy it with this with that with that being said like other races if you know we're screwing it up that's because we know we can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, there are white Rastafarians out there, so it's. Ugh, I'm, I'm not afraid to offend white Rastafarians of that state. No, but... me neither. But I, I think just that that juxtaposition between them switching characters like that, I, yeah. those are the cameos that I enjoy the most. Like when they're playing the same type of character across their same projects, but generally it was always just refreshing to see Adam Sandler show up in a Rob Schneider movie, however bad that movie may be. Uh, I guess I don't, I mean, Oh, I mean, the bottom line is don't watch the Rob Schneider movies. Cause they're not very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I never got into the concept of grown ups. So grown ups is actually one of my least favorite Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, honestly, I don't, I don't like it. It's just them making fun of each other the whole time, right? Like, I don't know. James I should mean, have been Chris Farley. Everything feels messed up. Oh, don't, don't even say that. Like, no, I know it's a problem. One, I'm a Kevin James apologist, if anything. I, I enjoy the guy. I think his YouTube channel's genius. Well, I haven't watched his YouTube channel, but I mean, okay. the, I don't know. He's Chris Farley with a sense of yeah i know the limits i suppose yeah yeah i just oh you're i mean i think kevin james on his own is great but i think him yeah playing off of adam sandler and chris rock and all these guys does not work as well as as chris farley like to me it just feels like that's who it was supposed to be live guy he's not the guy from saturday night live who was with him right well and that's true that's true he's he wasn't there. He didn't grow up with them. And I, I, I think that's what, what sticks out for it. Because it, when I hate to say it, I really do hate to say it. Because, again, I do like Kevin James. Yeah. Although, not if we're talking about Here Comes the Boom. But I, that, okay, that it's not one, his fault. The movie's not his fault. But Well, I'm just saying that one, as somebody who's, you know, wanted to spend his life, you know, life, breaking my bones yeah and there's a there's a spot in it for me like um i mean you the only problem i think with here comes the boom besides for oh yeah selma hayek is obviously gonna shag you uh, is um i mean well i should i damn it i now i'm thinking about because i've seen trailer i'm more interested right now actually in the hitman's bodyguards the hitman's wife's bodyguard than i ever was interested in the hitman's bodyguard the um 
the hitman's bodyguard that's the netflix one right no that's Samuel. no this is samuel jackson oh that's the new one that's the new ryan reynolds ryan one reynolds. right yeah they, yeah they did the hitman's bodyguard right this is the sequel Sel- to it that i found out like a week ago was coming yeah. and selma Hayek. well i'm just i'm just floored because like uh selma you're 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 50 you're you're you shouldn't, <laughs> you shouldn't be expecting children he's let's I don't give a shit if Naomi Campbell just had a child. <laughs> I um, I just rewatched Dogma recently, and oh. Selma Hayek, fantastic. I've actually been going through the Kevin James verse. Oh, but uh, have you seen? Sorry, this is back to Kevin James. Have you seen the true memoirs of an international assassin? This is. I think that's great to bring up because I think with Adam Sandler, it's like. The do-over and memoirs, like, yeah, no, those are movies I'd watch. I, you know, I haven't seen the do-over, but the true memoirs, I was, I, I loved it way more than I expected to. We, we turned it on as a joke, and I fell in love with it. Same with Sandy Wexler, turning it on as a joke, oh, loved I, it. I hear a lot of people loving Sammy, Sammy Wexler. It's good. I, Long, this is, but it's this good. Is just my real disconnect is when did Adam Sandler think he was better than 140 minutes? <laughs> well, I don't know that it's necessarily his fault. I think it's the format's fault. I, I think, I think his movies started to skew that way creatively, which is only natural as he gets more popular. You're popular. You want to put more jokes in it. Yeah. And then, and then he signed the deal with Netflix and, Streaming service. I mean, this is a problem. I think that movies have in general now. Um, uh, Wonder Woman being the biggest, um, to me, biggest. Flaw. Well, no, I, they're spending I, too much time on I, scenes that don't deserve that much time. Definitely heard nothing but what the hell with Wonder Woman. Well, no, I, I'm not I trying would, to. No, no, movie's I'm not, fine. I'm not trying to to bat off the film. It's just like two hours 30 minutes and it's like should have been two just should have been two league. hours flat definitely did not feel like two hours or more the original oh, yeah. that, sorry joss whedon's justice league did not when, feel like it was over two hours 15 minutes tops i i yeah it's true and what as things and and godzilla was pretty good at it um the new godzilla uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Again, I'm not crazy about the movie. The scenes didn't feel like they lasted too long. Okay. One, Wonder Woman, and um, there was another. No, no, it was Godzilla. Godzilla and Wonder Woman. The scenes did feel a little too long. It was Mortal Kombat. The scenes felt just right. Yeah. Well, Mortal Kombat is good until like. Uh, no. Well, Mortal Kombat is good. Let's let's. Just, I like Mortal. I like yeah. the new one a lot. I I I think I prefer the original just for structure wise. When nostalgia's sake too. I mean well, the originals. Paul. It, uh, was, it was it was painful, pain painful for me. Because, <laughs> um, I'm probably gonna mispronounce the name. But I'm gonna take a bet on. Tadano Aso, who played Raiden. In the new one. Yeah. No, great casting choice. No, no, no. Well, he's no James Remar. Smack James him Remar. In. Yeah, I agree. Christopher Lambert. With <laughs> no, 
obviously he's the better Raiden, but still whitewashed. What you're saying, Chris James Remar is better than Lando? No, 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 no. No, I'm saying I'm agreeing with you. James Remar sucked. I was about to say I bought the DLC for Mortal Kombat 11 with (laughs) uh, Christopher Lambert. Yeah, that's the way to do it. I mean, Christopher, I I am the biggest Christopher Lambert apologist. You can go to 90forchill.com, the website, and read many a review like Absalon or Nirvana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I'm the biggest apology for Christopher Lambert, primarily for the laugh. Okay, I've never seen it. You've never seen you never you you can't recall the Christopher Lambert laugh like you, oh from the oh the laugh I thought you said the lab no no the laugh oh the laugh yeah absolutely I mean it, you're even, talking in Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat Highlander yeah <laughs> Highlander two yeah 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 I'm not a big Highlander three fan I think the well you, you can only get the European version which I think is overly I hate to say it overly like. Hey, there's Deborah Unger's Bush. I mean, if we're going to talk about Highlander, I really think there can be only one. I am. I <laughs> had, to, had to throw that in there. Yeah, no, I granted. But like, I stand by the series. I stand by the animated cartoon, the anime of Highlander. Yeah. If you ever need to borrow that, you got a few weeks before Bourbon A. <laughs> that's true i didn't even know there was an anime of highlight directed by the guy who did ninja scroll if you know any of fan really yeah wow and they get the they get the guy who did jim dawson on the tv series do a bunch of voices in it that's crazy i when i i'd seen i've seen bits and pieces of the tv series because it used oh. to I think he used to play on sci-fi back in the day. Well, it was on I got I got a like for me when it came to Highlander, I was a big Queen fan. I would back that all the way up till 1982 like basically my mom probably didn't appreciate Star Wars as much as I or my father did. But Flash Gordon with a bunch of English actors she bloody adores. <laughs> So she keeps telling us about, oh yes, back when Russ was a little child, din, 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 flash, flash, and wow. you know they'd wait for me to as a two three year old to do the ah. That's great. So I've been a Queen fan for, gosh, that would be damn near forty years. Smack. Yeah. No, I I feel that I I can say that I've been a queen fan for as long as i can remember uh bicycle oh we will rock you fat bottom girls yeah. those those were the beginnings and then it grew into see i'm i'm more so of, much more i'm more of an 80s queen guy well it, it did flash was a big part of it um because my dad my dad well, was never it wasn't a, necessarily flash because i think they were still no sense when they did flash it was um the game when they started using synthesizers sure but, but i it, you know, everybody really argues about the um, merits of hot space where body language was pretty much and uh, under pressure were the only two tracks that got any play. Yeah. There's a, there's just so much from it. You know, it's crazy that you say that you're, you said your mom wasn't into Star Wars. 
my dad was never into Star Wars. He was always a, a Star Trek guy, but he loved sci-fi space stuff, and he was a big Flash Gordon fan too. And like, well, my mom will my mom will acknowledge that she lacked the imagination. Um, when my dad just he doesn't like Star Wars. I don't know what it is. He just doesn't. He does. He'll I, see him. He's seen them all. He just doesn't care for him. He saw them all. Know, we I've never to. I've never contested my dad on that. But I mean, my dad's a big Trek fan. Yeah. I will say well, that. I've 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 always been a bigger Star Wars fan than Star Trek. Oh, no, personally. I, well, well is, a, is a kid born I mean if you're born after 1980 you have no reason to give Trek a chance until 1986 well, when you have next generation. But see that's the thing and I grew up watching bloody years old. But I grew up watching old episodes and well old and new episodes of next gen and deep space nine but then really voyager was my show like we watched that brand new i remember watching that and no i i i totally understand the i mean the love like i think i challenged my chemistry teacher like star wars is action star trek is philosophy yeah but that's that's what i love about it now man i've been watching them she immediately she immediately come you know responded with Hold on, you're talking the series with Jedi's and the Force is the action one. Yeah, it is like, though. Its well, philosophies are so shallow. But the, the the point of the matter is that you immediately have a religion in Star Wars, while basically Star Trek's all about disproving any religion when you really right. Like- when just treating people right. Yeah. No, you're right. I when I so I this. Since I've been unemployed, my big mission has been to try and watch through all the Star Treks. And um, I started, um, because I wanted to go at least somewhat chronologically, I started with Enterprise, which I remember when it first okay, aired. you're so going was, chronologically. Not. Well, I am, but I'm not, because I didn't throw Discovery in there. Well, um, but I'm, I'm basically saying you're going with, all right, Enterprise is obviously the first series, but right. it isn't Star Trek. Right. Well, so I, I so I watched Enterprise, which I'd remembered because mother loving God, though. I I know he's the best man. I love yeah. Archer, and I love Bakula in general. That, but that's why I started with it because I knew that was the one that was gonna like rope me in, and I knew it was only four seasons. It was no big deal. So Enterprise I did that. Only four. Se- I didn't think Enterprise beat one. Yeah. No, it's four seasons, and and I got to tell you, the first two seasons were fine. The second two seasons were fantastic. Oh. Um. And, and the episodes of Enterprise that are good are fantastic, but there are some stinkers in there. But that's well, Star Trek. That's what you get. Well, no, I mean, this goes back to, I mean, even when you bring up Stephen Merchant, like, dude, series shouldn't be more than eight episodes, period. Well, I'll give them 12 to 13. I think that is, is stretching it, but you're right. Like if you're an hour long show, you should not have more than 13 episodes or you're just grasping at straws. I mean, Um, that's how I, I think it's in general consensus. If you're trying to binge watch the walking dead, you're only going to last four and a half seasons. Oh, well, and that's, Honestly, I think middle through season five, although I wasn't binge watching, that's when I quit out anyway. Um, I, I just have saying since, it's inevitable that you're going to quit out. Yeah. Well, and I've since watched the original series of Star Trek, which 
I really enjoyed. I'd never seen the original series no, the, before. You watch it, you, you pay attention to an original episode of Star Trek. It's damn it's near different. gold every time. Well, I, I would agree until the last season, but that's because Gene Roddenberry wasn't involved as yeah. much. Have you ever seen the um you see I when I grew when I was growing up about 1989 Nickelodeon and dare I say Nick at Night which started at 7 p.m. Every, I remember Nick at Night. Well, they started doing Nick. um well once Nick came along that ruined everything. Yeah. Um but that was my childhood though. But I do remember Nick at Night. Sorry, go on. Yeah, so Saturday Night Live episode reruns were only half hour blocks from episodes were being ran. But one of the greatest episodes, greatest sketches is the cancellation of Star Trek. And you have you have John Belushi as Kirk, and dare I say as Shatner. <laughs> he doesn't break characters, so it's Kirk, but. Um, like they get tracked down by a vehicle with a California license plate circa 1968 <laughs> <laughs> and it's Elliot Gould as the uh, producer or the, the network guy who's just telling everybody on the bridge it's done and um, it's pretty much just John Belushi as uh, Shatner who's not surrendering It's fantastic. Yeah, no, I mean, I have to John, look it up. Yeah, John Belushi, man. I mean, which brings you back to Farley, which I guess is adjacent to Sandler in the end. Coneheads, I guess you could say that's well, Coneheads and Airheads. If you got head, you better have <laughs> Farley and Sandler. Yeah, agreed. Um, it's it's just basically like Farley I don't know I thought Farley kind of wrote on the fact that he's just the fat guy well well John as that was like a John Belushi quality it's like no John Belushi was a Once in a sec- century talent, which is a shame that he, you know, bl- did blow until he died. Yeah. Which is, um, I think, is a problem. And this could go towards anybody post 1986 Saturday Night Live. I mean, it was basically when did, when did Lauren come back to the show? Did he leave? I didn't realize he left. Well, no, I, I don't know when. He, I'm, I'm fuzzy on the details. This is when, like, uh, I really need to risk the charges of Zoom and bring the poetic critic who knows everything <laughs> in on the show. <laughs> um, it's um, basically everybody from 1975 to 1979, 1980 left the show. Right. Michaels, the entire original Not Ready for Primetime Players. 
yeah, I guess I knew most of the the actors had. I didn't realize Lauren yeah, had. As Lauren well. Lauren checked out too. Yeah, I think he made. I mean, it makes that. sense because the the most of the '80s were not the greatest SNL. Right. No, Eddie. You had Eddie Murphy from '80 80 to '83, '84, and then it took a few years before you got the um, Victoria Jackson, Phil Hartman. Yeah era yeah there's i mean that was late 80s early 90s by the time you're getting there yeah because they i mean they had so many that's when you really learn how many people came and went because randy green robert downey jr danny devito and rhea butler like all of those people were in and out like it's crazy how many people you can look in their imdb credits and like oh they were a cast member for a few few minutes basically yeah but that it's it's a lot of that is in the eighties when it just couldn't find its stride. Mm-hmm. And then you had five year good years, and then you had the nineteen ninety four ninety five season. Yeah, um, where the writers just gave up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, look, I'm and I can say that I'm a guy who's trying to get out of my part time weekend job, Best Buy, as we've pre- previously de- derived. So I can go and try hunting down an improv scene, not to be an improv performer, just to figure out how to write for these people. Well, uh, that's like uh, what uh, Rob did, does, right? I'm sorry, who? Rob from uh, Home Theater. Home Theater. Talk to him. Oh, shoot. There's so many people I just miss. Yeah, I I think he might have trained with you for a bit. I could be Oh, yeah. No, no. It's like I just I know he he took second city writing classes and he is that's his whole thing. Yeah. No, well, I mean, I got my zombie professional well, wrestling screenplay that Oh yeah. Can be Not to say you didn't know we I, I know you know what you're doing. At rest of us <laughs> email rest of us <laughs> at gmail.com. Um no, but I need the reason why my movie hasn't happened is be a simple either networking or i didn't just go and shove it in the face of my good friend colby lopez you can wikipedia or google who colby lopez is and yeah he'll probably say i'm not his good friend but decent bloke seth (laughs) rollins if you're if you need me to spell it out yeah (laughs) never met the missus though (laughs) that's fine yeah um but I don't know. I mean, we're we're going on lots of tangents. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> been this whole time. Yeah. Oh Let's no, do. and that's that's what I think a good podcast is. People want people. Like it's just where the conversation goes, man. Well, no, it's well. I mean, nobody thinks it's okay to just go and ramble. In general, like true, we are amusing people that are stuck on I fifty seven heading up to chicago because bourbon a just ain't good enough that's <laughs> <laughs> true hey I'm, I'm sorry you had a good weekend picking... you don't stay in town you go up to chicago you're absolutely right yeah um yeah, so i mean when you look when we go back and we look at adam sandler i mean we already said he's not a comedic genius i think the second album pretty much establishes that 
Yeah. First album, you're they're all gonna laugh at you. It was pretty solid. I liked the one after his dad died, which I think was his fourth album, but it wasn't comedy gold. It was just a good time, which I okay. think Dash, get out of there. Sorry, my cat's in my garbage. Um, I, I think that's what's to be said about a lot of his movies. They're not comedy gold, but they're a good time. And I, I think the ones that have heart are the ones that stick out to me. And that's why of all of these, my favorite is probably The Wedding Singer outside of Punch Rock Love, um, which mm-hmm. I've just seen. Yeah. Uh, because that movie, The Wedding Singer, just has so much heart to it. And I don't think we discuss that one enough, in all honesty. Like, yeah, I, I agree, because it is my favorite. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're coming from somebody who... You know, 10 years older than me, I actually remember MTV in 1983, before my mom said, oh, it's getting too dirty. Thanks, Madonna. Um, <laughs> well, no, I think she was probably more about the metalheads in all honesty, but I digress. Um, yeah, no, the wedding singer, I think, summed up a generation. And I think it does it really well. I mean, it, it doesn't offend it. No, no. The 80s was pretty much a crap time, at least in terms of music. I mean, you had you too. Everything else is pretty much you could flush away and nobody would and give Bowie. a shit. I mean, Bowie's worth something at least. Yeah, but Bowie's been, Bowie was a proven commodity since 1969. Was yeah, that's true. He had been around for a minute. Queen's the same way. Yeah. Uh, now, I will say you had the Cure, the Pest Mode, Duran Duran. <sighs> It's still so good. Yes. Uh, Morrissey, the Smiths. No, I mean, there's some brilliant stuff, but it was pretty much all, at least if you weren't on the scenes in the 80s, if you weren't in Manchester, you didn't give a shit about Morrissey or the Smiths. Right. But they, I mean, at least with the wedding singer, they captured to me the 80s so well and and this is somebody who didn't live through them no no and i'm telling you somebody who you know knew reagan well enough (laughs) yeah no it does it perfectly june barrymore is the ultimate paramour in all honesty because like you know she dealt with that bollocks yeah and and so many 80s movies or so many movies sorry not 80s movies but so many movies that take place in the 80s take the aesthetic overboard right like uh i don't mean to bring it back to wonder woman but it seems unrealistic the amount of fashion statements that that movie tries to make for the 80s which i get it you know that's what people remember but wedding singer did it in a way that's a lot more realistic to me and i don't know if it's just i think the wedding singer was more aware as a kid who grew up in the 80s like no we were very much uh the 80s was very much about loving the moment and loving the fashion right right so i mean but they were still the real best 80, the best 80s movie and i'm not even a fan of it and i'm not even gonna necessarily call it a good movie because i haven't given it the rewatch is american psycho yeah i've still never seen it well, it's definitely worth a watch. I think it falls apart in the third act. But it's one of those that I've put out. Wait, you say an American psycho? Yeah. Does that take place in the 80s? Christian, but yeah, about 1987. I so okay, I didn't realize it took place in the 80s. 
well yeah no i mean it's that means more than likely you're a fan of it for me yeah i mean probably i and i've it's one that i've wanted to see i've just put off because so many people say oh it's so good you gotta see it and i'm like well it seems anybody who anybody who's nuts about the movie is just trying to catch the cocaine highs that even christopher christopher bale was trying to catch in that movie yeah well, that's, Reese, I, Reese Witherspoon, Jared Leto, they are perfect. I didn't even realize they were in it. Oh. Dish, get out of there. Stop it. Sorry. He's no, walking no behind problem. my uh, 3D printer. Justin throws it out of the closets and such. Nice. I didn't realize that uh, it had all these people. Willem Dafoe? Oh, my no. God. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Tony Todd? Yeah. Yeah. I love Justin Thoreau too. I can't believe I, I've recently fallen in love with Justin Thoreau. Yeah, no. I, and, you know, I liked him from Mulholland Drive and whatnot, but you see, I have, Josh, I have like the I've watched and this was uh, back to the um, to a girl who actually ran for state. I can't help but the name drop the Democratic nominee, uh, Democratic primary nominee, Stephanie Smith. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you take my virginity, you're gonna be stuck in my mind. Yeah. Uh, she she was a huge fan of a Holland Drive, but she never got pat, never let me get past the guy who just suddenly shows up behind the homeless guy who shows up behind the dumpster at the restaurant. Man, I uh, I've only seen. We all black out at that point. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've seen the movie twice at this point and i i i'm just a big fan of um lynch yeah david lynch and and twin peaks and Um, and that's why i watched it because mahalan drive was originally made to be in a tv pilot for the world of twin peaks mm -hmm. that ultimately didn't get off the ground and turn into a movie so like that with that lens on watching it, I really enjoyed it because I know how weird Twin Peaks is. You see, I didn't get like I didn't get into Lynch. I like the first full Lynch movie I watched was uh, Wild at Heart. Okay. All right, Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage before yeah. he was Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yep, it's exactly what that is. That should sell you on the movie. It's so long since I've seen it, but that's exactly what it is. I know it, it's brilliant. Like, <laughs> it and we do need we and somebody suggested to me for the podcast Brian De Palma movies. And it's like once Brian De Palma did Carrie, he started doing longer movies. Yeah, I mean Scarface is damn near three hours. I mean, everything else is close to two hours to two and a half most untouchable. Some of the most brilliant direction of the decade. I mean, it's long. Martin Scorsese would eventually kick him in the balls anyhow. But yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I didn't. Uh, I, mean, I felt like David Lynch is something you got to fall in love with and you you want to have to fall in love with David Lynch. Oh, I agree. I agree. And like, I was lucky is, enough to most abusive a lover of any director. Yeah. But 
If you give Man, them the shags are so worth your time. The the shows the shags are so good. Yeah. And when I it's I, I think you're right in that. Like I the best way to quantify that for me is with Twin Peaks the return, the showtime season that happened. Mm-hmm. If you don't love David Lynch, you will hate that season of Twin Peaks because it's not Twin Peaks, but it is. And if you know David Lynch, you just you just have to stick with it. And I don't know if you've watched it, but it is not what you want from it. And that's exactly why it's amazing. Oh no, no, that's that's what I hope. Thank you. I mean, Kyle McLaughlin has been wasted in cinema in general. My oh, I agree. And and I would almost say that he was wasted in the return, except he wasn't because mm-hmm. I I only feel that way because it wasn't what I wanted, but he wasn't wasted. He crushed every bit of every episode and it's hard to explain without ruining any of it, but it is it is an enigma. The oh, the I'm return close. is an enigma. Well, Twin Peaks in general is an enigma. No yeah. like anybody can come to Twin Peaks, not even knowing it's David Lynch and just be enthralled be seduced i agree and i i finally understand the show um more than i ever expected to mm-hmm. uh there and and so when i i watched the return live um as it was coming out i got a showtime subscription just so i could watch it live and uh i will I, say uh kidding with jim carrey if you dug the first episode my girlfriend did not I was I didn't pretty much. Watch, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, kidding is at least the first episode of kidding was pretty. Like, that is a type of punch in the face I love. Well, I I remember seeing the ads for it, and I was really excited to watch it, and I completely forgot about it. Yeah, no, that's that's just Showtime being Showtime. <laughs> but the so the return finished, and me and my best friend like we felt like we were missing something. Like we we understood the show as a whole but like we wanted to we were trying to connect the dots and we couldn't we just couldn't do it um and i i found this guy on youtube who had a four hour long video about twin peaks and um his theory kind of explaining everything and i think this guy hit the nail on the head uh in terms of david lynch's intentions with the show and i feel so much better about everything like it it's it's such a special beast this show that says things that you never knew it was really trying to say but you kind of felt and um i don't know i i just highly recommend at least if if you're anybody listening if you're not a david lynch fan at least do yourself a favor and try to watch the original twin peaks oh, i think no, the no, entertainment value alone is worth it to the defense of the original twin peaks i don't know anybody who sat and watched and this is like i never thought i would be able to pass on david lynch to anybody because it took me a while to get into david lynch I mean, and I have not watched all of Twin Peaks, but it's like only reality can take you away from Twin Peaks. Like if you start watching it, only your alarm clock telling you to be an 
freaking adult will distract you. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're in it, you're in it. Yeah. It's, but it might take a minute to grab you, but once you're there, you're there. You're absolutely oh, right. And right. I mean, never mind. Let's just going to be Craig Sheffer, um, Lynn Boyle. I can't remember her first name. Lara Flynn Boyle. Yes. I mean, everybody's perfect. Kyle McLaughlin is bloody He's perfect. He's so fantastic. Um, that is the music in it is fine coffee. Has some damn good coffee. Oh man, um, I, and the return really is something special, mm. but in a completely different way because you add so many people. I mean, Michael Shara, Michael Sarah shows up for for no reason. Well, but no, he, but it is a good reason. Well, uh, you have Amanda Seyfried. You've got um, the kid who played Banshee in X Men First Class, and yeah, he was I also in Get that. Out. Right. No, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. It's just they bring so many people in and and they're all for little parts and none of it makes sense. And that's what's so fun about it. Mm-hmm. And the music that he brings in. Oh, my. Oh, don't God, even. the performances are so good. Well, never mind. You know, Angela Badalamente is going to be involved. Yeah. Um, and I think that really sums up Adam Sandler. I don't really think like, dare I say we should get this guy behind the, the director's lens. Cause I would love to see that because we don't really know what this mind really is. He's facilitates and is excellent at doing so great comedy. Now, is it genius? No, I think there are glimpses of genius, oh, not, but, but as a whole, no, I'm not saying you don't feel that. I'm just saying, I, I think that there are glimpses of genius, but I don't think as a whole that, that it's genius. You're right. And I, I'm curious to see what him being in, in the driver's seat would mean for a movie. And especially if he's not the one starring in it as well. Well, that's, that, that's the tough thing. I think um, David Lynch, benefited from i mean i think all the great auteurs benefit from amenity well that being said david lynch's part in twin peaks is one of the best characters uh, his uh fbi director oh well is is a, a crucial part of the show but, but it think, but it could have been anybody else you're absolutely right well no that's well no i'm not saying that it could be anybody else i think that was an i a joke he wanted to throw in there that I am in control. Well, and that's yeah, you're right. He is the director of the FBI for a purpose because he's the director of the show and that's the whole thing is the show is a but yes. I don't want to ruin the show or the video but yes, it's for a purpose, you're right. Anything long story short, way too bloody late (laughs) What do you think about the uh, and my older sister dropped that on me during one of the podcasts and I'm thinking it comes the first thing that comes to mind is the movie Clue. And to make a long story short, too late. <laughs> um Oh shite, I had an idea. I've only seen Clue once. Oh, oh. And it was recent. 
Yes. Well, no. Um, they actually use the um, verb stoop. Sounds familiar. Like, and you killed the telegram. <laughs> That's finger. Gotta be because tindery. she was stooping. <laughs> Your husband. I can do an English accent. I cannot do Tim Bloody Curry. And I'm uh, thankful. Nobody can. Nobody can be Tim Curry. Yes. Um, so, I mean, so we've gone on a ways. I mean, low, so thinking about what I've been, Hotel Transylvania was a good, um, just great children's film. I'm excited. I, it's really good to know because I've been putting those movies well, off for so thing, long. The so. weird thing about that one is it's Getty Taratoski who did um, Dexter. Oh, Jendi. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that. That no, yeah, makes no, me I even more excited that. for it. No, I didn't realize that either. And I went to C2E2 and sat through his panel and he just mentioned Odell Transylvania. Yeah, it's through anything that guy did. That guy's amazing. No, did, I did uh, Samurai Jack too, right? Primal Samurai Jack, Primal. Yeah, I kind of get a mixed up with girls. the guy who did Power. No, he didn't do Powerpuff Girls. He did. He well, he's a producer on it at least. Well, yes, but he did wasn't a director. That was in McClendon or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, whose wife Faust did My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And besides yeah. for some songs, it's a brilliant bloody series. I don't want to call myself a brony. That's what I thought you were talking about. Oh. That's fine. No, they like what you like, man. It's Well, no, no, no. Like I was there's an episode of On My Little Pony Friendship with Magic where unex- inexplicable things happen, but somehow it's tied to the character of Pinkie Pie. <laughs> And I'm watching this, recording them basically for my pseudo niece. Um, and it was basically like, hold on. So she's successfully predicting, predicting events. Doesn't this mean Pinkie Pie is God? <laughs> um, the, the end of that story really comes because I sent a tweet out, Facebook post. And my friends at Big Al's at the time, dancers, what have you. Like, sure. I don't consider myself a brony. But you would would you think it'd be cool if I had Pinkie Pie crucified on my back as a tattoo? <laughs> and so many so many of these girl friend, friends who were female um just basically laughed it off and like what's a Pinkie Pie? It's like, <laughs> I just said something so cute, you girls. Like, just be that. Um, hey, um, I think going back to Jenny Tartakovsky, whatever however you say his name, um, he his Clone Wars, oh, the fifteen minute, yes, intervals Clone Wars. There is oh. nothing like like that was the first star wars extra thing that we had outside of the 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 prequels which yes were extra in their own way but um that was so exciting to me when those aired on cartoon network because it was so new and so cool and so fresh sadly with those and i have them all 
they're all on Disney Plus now as well. Oh, damn it! Just like, just launched. They just got there. Okay, okay, all right. Like yeah. like within the last couple of weeks. Okay, okay, okay. I was gonna say, dude, yeah. I was I could make forty bucks on a disc. Yeah, no, literally just got there. I mean, those were created for the fans of Star Wars. Didn't yeah. re- regardless, like. I have not asked the new kid at the bank who's 19 who says he likes Star Wars. Like, I should have gone and gotten right down his throat. Like, (laughs) what do you think about the prequels compared to the originals? I'm a good guy. Like, hey, you you can attest to my customer service skills. Yeah, you you know your stuff. Yeah, but that's like... There's a limit. I, I, There's a limit. No, I think the problem, and I think it's more of a problem with the uh, Disney trying to determine the new canon. Yeah. It's like Star Wars was for the fans up until Disney got it. Yeah, I agree. I actually have a lot more respect for the prequels now that the uh, new trilogy's out. I do not. Yeah enjoy the new trilogy i uh actively enjoy two-thirds of the prequels well uh, and the I'm, the one third that i don't enjoy is attack the clones if i'm being honest no no hey no you're we're on the same page there so <laughs> don't you don't you go bad mouth in the pod racing no right like it's so good i'll forgive jar jar i don't care no no jar jar ain't that bad He's really not. No. Especially if you see him as a, a evil Sith genius, which I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory, right. but I think it's fantastic. Yes. No. Um, Star Wars, as I say, Star Wars was for the fans up until Disney owned it. Yeah. And as for the sequel trilogy, they only... started decently strong. No, Decent. you had two, two-thirds of the sequel trilogy. I mean, you can say force awakens is nothing but star wars and jedi over yeah but i but it was it was fun it was worth it right right no i i i watched force awakens back to back first night it came out yeah i saw it uh i saw it at midnight in imax literally they had shown shows like two shows before that but we got tickets for the midnight one in imax and i loved it i cried i was so excited right no but i'm just saying by the second time i watched they say this is in a six hour period like oh god this is just new hope over again and i got over that shit quick i saw three more times um in theater um and i am going to i will if you go to my letterbox at CM Darth, uh, you will see that I have the Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, no. Last what Jedi. It? Last Jedi. Thank you. Thank God it's not the Rise of Skywalker. No, 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 no. Because I, I'll, I, I'll, hey, I'll look, with you. I, I like the I, Last Jedi. I saw, Mo, uh, like most of the Last. Jedi. I saw Rise of Skywalker twice, and I teared up both times. Once the fleet comes in, and yeah, but it's still then not it's good. Wedge and Tilly is you know. Yeah, but it's and, still not good. No, no, it's not. It's not. 
I get it. I get it because I was the same way, man, especially in the moment. In the moment, yeah, it didn't matter. But as soon as I'm able to look back on right. it, it, it's it's hard to to be okay with it. But Last Jedi is a different. No, Last different Jedi, I will, I will beat the, you know, I have three customized lightsabers. I will not need any of those threes to kick your ass. <laughs> you bad mouth. Um, shit, Ryan Johnston. Well, so, and, and that's the thing, Ryan Johnson. It's not his. I don't think it's his fault that the movie was bad. No, uh, parts of the movie were bad. I think I don't think any parts of the movie were bad. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I you do have to take those. You have to take that trip to Canto Bight. The See, children. The whole. The whole. The whole Finn side story, I think, is where where the movie loses me. But but I'm willing to defend literally everything else in the movie, uh, except for maybe Leia forcing her way back into the the thing. But I understand why that was necessary. She wasn't necessarily necessary, but well, I understand why that part had to happen. You right? shouldn't have, you shouldn't have tried faking us off with a kill to begin. With. Right, right that that's my big problem with it like you shouldn't have faked us that way you could have done something different but i understand they were bound kept, by the I'm footage saying, they had. you could have kept leo alive we didn't know that was there yeah. was gonna be cocaine and heroin in their autopsy <laughs> right um but i i think that whole trip of finn and rose and poe was just uh, an excuse to have their characters doing so like to me it has the stench of corporate meddling all over it it's like oh we need a cantina scene throw in a cantina scene okay we're gonna give it to these guys i wouldn't go there i'm just saying like i i to me that portion is what ruins the momentum of a lot of the rest of the movie that people argue isn't there anyway so i guess it's a (laughs) no 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 i will stand i will stand for dj any day of the week yeah like we we needed that character and we needed that character in rise of skywalker yeah Yeah. like you totally took your like you could say canto bite was a worthless trip but you totally took your balls away without the casting supporting i mean academy award-winning actor benicio del toro how many Academy Award winning actors are you going to have offering their service to Star Wars? I don't even know if Alec Guinness had his Oscar before Star Wars. Either way, he would have deserved one because he was one of the most respected actors and he didn't like Star Wars very much either. Well, I hate that they brought Han back for Rise of Skywalker too. But that's I, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm too angry about that one. I think it kind of put every. If you didn't have Han coming back in that hallucination, well, for the movie they had, it was necessary. I'll agree with that. Yeah. No, it's like how the really Rise Skywalker is. I think the problem with the Ryan Johnson's Last Jedi is basically saying like. And yeah, I need three more movies to work this out. Yeah. Well, I, I think another problem was that it went against people's expectations of what well, no, no, Luke no, was no, supposed no, to be, no, but that's why I loved I, it. I've defended the prequels. Mine, I like the probably the reason I didn't see Big Daddy was because I, yeah, I could see Adam Sandler or I could see Phantom Menace again. Yeah. I mean, I saw both. 
<laughs> my nine-year-old well, self. You're a nine-year-old self. I'm a 19-year-old self. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't paying for it. I completely get it. Yeah, no, I, I will spend my money on uh, on the Phantom Menace again. Yeah, if I was paying for it, I would have done the same. Yeah. No arguments there. I don't know. I don't want to end it on Hannah Sandler with that. <laughs> I mean, we do need to end it. I, I think fine. that's that point. But so, so let me ask you this: of all the Adam Sandler movies that you've seen, what's your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Oh, mm, favorite Punch Drunk Love is probably his best. Um. Which uh, should be again said that we haven't seen uncut gems because that very well could yes. be his best. But uh, I, I would agree. I think his his best acting was in Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Um, Little Nicky for me is probably what I'll fall to. Um, my only problem with Little Nicky is the that the music sucked. Yeah, well, that can be said like, for a lot of these. That's like I think that may have ruined my musical taste, and I think. <laughs> It's not uncommon. Um, like my mom. Oh no, the Beatles after after they got high weren't as good as the Beatles. Like, okay, <laughs> she graduated in nineteen. Um, let's see, she would have been eighteen, nineteen sixty-seven. Okay, yeah, I can see why music sucked after nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. And for me, graduating in 1999, and for the two biggest albums outside of uh, the Marshall Met, uh, I'm sorry, the Slim Shady EP, or yeah, whatever it was, um, were Kid Rocks and Limp Bizkit. Like, I thought music died then. Yeah, just keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, no, 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 no. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank God, the fragile by Nine Inch Nails came out then, and I think it's a ball with the ball to dang the dang. And every established '90s Hall of Famer, aside from the smacking Foo Fighters, and I think that now you know I'm using the f bomb when I yeah. Do. Yeah, no, I've I've recognized. I've I've let a couple things slip. Oh well, oh, bloody hell, man! I, I was gonna say I'm not gonna listen to this edit, and it's like, oh great, now I gotta watch out for that bollocks. Um, <laughs> um it's just like, you know, I think music kind of ends when you, when you at a point where you there's a change to your life and. Sadly, I was a very immature high schooler and a young adult, so um, I kind of bollocked that up. <laughs> That'll happen. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know, because like, then I'm listening to the music that the uh, kids I'm training with, Seth Rollins, Shane Alatori, Shane Hollister, um, Merrick Brave, Nick Stonewall, what have you are listening to it's like and even then i knew yeah kill switch engage doesn't really have a much of a livelihood to them do they yeah, don't do it for me they i like their version of a uh, holy diver but that's about it and it's not better than the original and well the fun, funny thing with um 
Seth Rollins, Colby Lopez, Tyler Black. When um, and this is sheer coincidence. I'm not taking any credit for it. Uh, Colby Lopez, Seth Rollins, your what two-time WWE Universal Champion? God knows how many heavyweight titles he's held. All that bollocks. Tyler Black. When the entrance music I will know him best for is Kill Switch Engaged, End of Heartache. But he would preface it with a quote, a clip from Fight Club. And you open your heart and you look inside. Or, or you open yourself and you look inside. You're inside your heart. And then End of Heartache starts hitting. So my original wrestling gimmick, when I was told, okay, you're going to be on the show next week, I want to call you Ty Durden because of your Taekwondo and Fight Club's cool. And like, I'm creating all these freaking audio sound bites on waves and all this before Audacity. Yeah, before it was easier. Yeah. And like, okay, I'm going to take... Um, just grab a soundbite, whatever I can find, and grab Where Is Your Mind by the Pixies. <laughs> Where Is My Mind? Sorry. No, I know. Like, meant. compose it. And then, like, the day I'm supposed to debut. I don't know. Like, everybody in the crowd knows you're Russ. Like, maybe we shouldn't do this Ty Durden thing. Jeez. Just do Fight Club by Fight, um, fight Song by Marilyn Manson. <laughs> So then, you know, three years late, three, four years later, um, Seth Rollins, Tyler Black at the time is the biggest thing happening in Chicago. And he, you hear that sound bite. And you w- reach inside and you walk inside and you look around. You're inside your heart. Damn. <laughs> And no, I get the, I get it. It's not the Ty Durden bit. It's Tyler, is what he hung his entire thing on that entrance music for. Still, and that mother lover took the glove on the right hand, which I had been doing since I broke my wrist in regards to Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. Nice. Yeah, he took it. Yeah, no, I'm going to keep hitting that mother lover up for that one. <laughs> As you should. <sighs> well, I mean, I'll get a better reaction than defending Marty Skrull for having sex with somebody of age in England and the other party saying it wasn't consensual if he says it was. And everybody just hanging, well, it's a 16 year old. Hey, as I was saying, that's legal in England and legal in most states, honestly. But. <laughs> If you want to look at him as being bad, he screwed a 16-year-old. We cheered Luke Owens on. Luke, not Luke Owen, Luke Wilson on in old school for having sex with the boss's daughter. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like they, We all know he... Yeah, he did things he shouldn't have. Yes, inadvertently did that stuff. And it was illegal in the States. Not illegal. You know, old school is a remake of Fight Club. I did not know that. Yeah, so Todd Phillips did it 
as an homage to Fight Club. All right, like so this is going to defend me trying to say book Marty Squirrel for AEW. Now, thank you. <laughs> no, but for real, like the the character of like Luke Wilson's character, and I think. I don't remember if it's Vince Vaughn or Will Ferrell. One of their characters yeah, is the Tyler, Tyler Durden to his. Yeah, you know, you're totally right. And I wish, like, well, Todd Phillips doesn't know when to stop shooting. So, well, I also, I, I despise the Joker movie. So, I didn't have a problem with the Joker movie. I have a huge problem with that movie, but that's not for today i don't well i mean need it's not to supposed to, it's not supposed to make it on 90 for jill and i got people saying i want to talk about batman's because your movies about podcasts about the 90s did i pluralize the word 90 right um no i wouldn't mind hearing the joker concept i i just i've only seen it once i tried to watch it another time and couldn't get through it i well, just I understand was and that it's not an easy watch the first time well and i i think i was going in knowing that a lot of my friends thought it was the best movie ever made okay or, nobody or one of the best nobody movies. should think it's the best movie ever well I full agree. stop but to me the movie was just and, and actually this is my very short uh description of the movie uh, bang bang i killed the guy dance 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 bang bang i killed the guy dance 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 like people are like oh it's such a great commentary on mental health and i just no no no, agree. no, no. It's a i wretched. don't agree with that all right one you sold many a people on i just killed the guy dance 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 it's what it was. That's the movie. That's well, the whole I'm saying, movie. I'm, like, I'm a kid from the '90s, man. EDM, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's. No. Let me let me do a, a, a Rockettes line down the no, stairs. No, no, and I I don't know why we're still playing. Like, I'm trying to defend a guy who slept with somebody of age in England, while Gary Glitter, a noted pedophile, still gets his song "Rock and Roll Part 2 played. And it's played at Illini hockey games. Oh, geez. Yeah. No, no, no. We're a pretty dense bunch in central Illinois. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not surprising. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's a great commentary on mental health. If you take it into what created the character of the Joker, who's a straight-up psychotic, and no offense, there's no foundation for what makes you a psychotic. You're, you're just that. Yeah. So you have a sociopathic Joker, which makes him relatable, which makes you stick around for the entire movie because, oh, I can relate to wanting to be considered superior than I actually am. Or at least know that somebody thinks the same way that I do, which, if anything, it's a good movie for mental health because we should have had people with clipboards outside the theater yeah. <laughs> interviewing people and saying, Hey, yes. Do you mind heading over behind that alley? <laughs> Don't mind the van. <laughs> Can I get a minute of your time? Yes. Like, no, I think it's more of a statement on mental health and is, and if you didn't realize that this is a work of satire inspired by Martin Scorsese's, 
um, the king of comedy, yep. you might need some mental health help. When I, I heard so many people try and tell me people whose movie opinions I don't necessarily respect, mind you, uh, but tell me, Oh my God, the things it says about mental health are so powerful. You got to see this movie. It's the best movie I've ever seen. And I'm just sitting here thinking that person, psychiatrist or psychologist before he made that statement. It's multiple people that said stuff like that. Like that was a, a, an amalgamation of what I've heard multiple people say about what I'm saying is it basically like, no, you don't know anything about mental health because what? you deal with the system. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately what my problem was. Like, I, 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 I that's how it. I felt at the end of it. Although it's not my place to say that about well, people. I so. wouldn't fault the the Todd Phillips on that. No, no, no. I don't fault him. I just didn't like the movie very much. I don't. Well, think no, no. In that, it's in, his fault. No, it's not a. It's not an easily likable movie unless you have some twisted thoughts in your head. Yeah, and I create stuff, so I have twisted stuff in my head. I acknowledge that. <laughs> well, um, I do too, but I still didn't like it. Well, I, I also, what I also think the Joker works better when you don't know where he came from. No, 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 no. no. I'm I'm a Jack Nicholson over Heath Ledger. Yeah, and I like Heath Ledger's. I'm not saying Heath Ledger's wasn't great. Well, and I'm not saying Jack Nicholson's wasn't great because I'm come just on. saying like. I get want, it. Do you want somebody who just wants to watch the world burn or somebody who's inspired to see the world burn? That's the difference between Nicholson wanting inspired to see the world burn because he was screwed over by his boss. Yeah. No, I to Ledger who just wants to be a a his first purpose was to just kill the Batman and then it was to watch the world burn. And mess with the Batman. Yeah. Well, and Ledger's is truer to the comic book. And that's an entirely different conversation. And I know there is somebody on Facebook who said, I want to talk about Batman movies. And (laughs) I gave you a route to the Batman. You talk about about Pee Wee's Big Adventure. You talk about Beetlejuice. And, oh, Danny Elfman was scored batman which ended up being the score for mask of the phantasm yep and then in turn the animated series but the fact of the matter is like oh well i can't ignore batman hence i can't ignore batman returns and can i really ignore the sequels well i you shouldn't i i I, I look i'm i'm a proponent of but what uh, i'm saying what i'm saying is like there are ways to bend the rules of 90 for chill yeah and I have stated them many times on the podcast. And when I get a response saying, I want to do this, I've told you how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> There's ways to it. Yes. Well, I'm glad we were able to talk about at least a little bit of the Adam Sandler movies. Well, no, I think like with Adam Sandler, you had this golden age. And we can both, I mean, I think we're both on the same page of Little Nicky. It's. Yeah. And not little Nikki, I'm sorry, Big Daddy. That that was the turning point for Sandler. I think little Nikki kind of failed financially because he returned to his own his old stick. 
Well, but Little Nicky was such a weird uh, uh, religion-based character story too, which I think that's why it didn't do so well. But but you're right. I think Little Nicky fits better in his older stuff as opposed to what Big Daddy did, which right. Um, once, I mean, they once were he released so close to once each other. he humanized himself. Yeah, he became a regular dude. You're right. You're right. Once he became a regular dude and not like Big Daddy, yeah, sure, he's he's an immature guy, but he's just a he's still just a guy. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's he's happy who was this crazy slapshot hockey player that yeah. was fish out of water in golf or and nor was he Bobby Boucher, which is strictly a fish out of water. Right. Like or Billy Madison, who was just a slacker, who or Robbie Hart, who was the the wedding singer that had his heart broken, right? You know, like he was just some guy. And then Mr. Deeds, which uh, I think you said you haven't seen yet. No, I have not. He's, I mean, he's just a guy who's uh estranged uncle dies and he gets a bunch of money which it's it's a good watch you know i'm not saying don't watch it but it's not watch it i'm just saying but it's but it's not quality and and you get anger management where he's just a guy that has an anger problem and 51st dates he's just a guy that meets this girl who can't remember stuff and right and you know that's the i think we did 51st dates plenty of justice by saying i liked it and you said yeah it's pretty repetitive yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's yeah. a fine movie. It's exactly fine to me. The biggest thing is Rob Schneider is a racist. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the big thing to take away. And it's, you know, it's not necessarily his fault no, that I'm he's not these saying characters. that's how he feels, but he's not going to turn away a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely maybe not the right person to do the roles that he's done. Yes. Uh, but that's with the glasses of being in 2021. We certainly didn't feel that way when these movies came no, out. No, and we're totally, yeah. Any, like, it's a weird time movie wise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm, in all honesty, like, I admire Elliot Page for being able to do so much just because. Absolutely. Well, I hate to say it because of. No, I don't hate to say it because I was going to say confusion. It's not confusion. It's discovering who you are. Well, and and being comfortable to make the change that Elliot has. Yeah. And and the the like Umbrella Academy. I I just recently finally watched the second season of that. They changed every credit to Elliot Page. It's so nice to see that to to have that support from from people like because that's I'm sure what what they worried about mm-hmm. um oh it's just it's just great to see that i think for elliot page being a smart dare i say genius actor actress well Smack. the term actress oh i agree everybody's an actor um she took on everything that she could from all perspectives and yeah. it's almost something like I saw with Demi Lovato changing her pronouns to uh, them and they from she is, to her. Is that what's happening? I so I saw some things on Reddit, but I didn't. I didn't see any. Like I, I haven't seen the widespread stuff like I well, saw with Elliot, I so I didn't know. CNN or Huffington Post. Sure. But and I think 
because I'm just a skeptic, there could be a degree of bullshit in that. Especially, well, but it's hard to say that. Yeah, no, it's it's hard hard to say that, but I often think, like, anybody who's a proponent for trans rights should probably just go and screw everybody and say that they, them are their pronouns. Yeah. I mean, I'm a a safe way to not offend anybody. That's for sure. Well, that's true. But you know, like, Hey, not afraid to say I'm a 1.5 on Kinsey. I mean, (laughs) you know, Great. Yeah. That, there's there's my that's one's for you, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> the pink haired little shit is acknowledged. Well, so again, coming back to it. Yes. Would, so your favorite? Are you saying little Nikki? Well, it's. Or, very, I mean, obviously, Punch Drunk Love is his best performance. Yeah, no, it's very difficult not to say Punch Drunk because I think that's the most realistic character. Let's let's exclude Punch Drunk because I but, think we yeah, both agree that that's. I fantastic. think I think I think there's we're very nostalgic, and we're very forgiving just because of Billy Madison through Little Nicky. Yeah, I'll and, get on board with that. If if I was gun to the head, had to pick one. I think in my older age, I would pick the wedding singer. Um, well, and I think the wedding singer is his. Even, I mean, he, that's the Robbie is the most realistic character. Yeah, I think in the end, what when I, what hinders Adam Sandler is that he doesn't play realistic characters, and if you point people to the wedding singer. I think they'll be very forgiving of the actor. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and the ensemble works well between um, Drew Barrymore and Christine Taylor and, and him, especially. Yeah. But I mean, that's I, again, like we talked about, and he's I, not I the comedian. Cool it's he, his still ensemble. Uses, he still uses his boys. Oh, yeah. Alan Covert's in every yeah. movie and uh his assistant who was um the cross-eyed guy in water boy i don't remember his name that was adam sandler's assistant which is crazy to me yeah i'm but the like and even a little nicky and yeah like no he he makes sure every like i don't know if there's a better representative what holly would should be than adam sandler well and even in the later movies he added um farley's brothers yeah. which was fantastic um we didn't even talk about i know it's not 90 minutes or less but i just gotta say i love that's my boy i know it's not I've a great movie to see the as a kid whose first concert was nkotb like when i saw the tattoo bit in the commercial, <laughs> it's like it's so good i gotta give this the time man dude to me it's adam sandler playing another one of his quirky characters but in all the right ways possible with uh with andy samberg being a straight man's son and that's that's part of the brilliance of um hotel transylvania so if you don't like that's my boy which from a aesthetic standpoint i can understand 
Yeah. I mean, it's certainly an offensive movie. I, I will put that out there. That's My Boy is a very offensive movie. Yes, it's a very I mean, gross this is, movie. This is, this is a junior high kid, not a 16-year-old like Marty's yeah. Girl situation. Yeah. I'm just glad to go be able to work in my personal issues. Like, dude, I've seen some <laughs> smacked up shit in my life. Let this guy wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait to go and feed that to the trolls. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, no. Um I no, Sandler is a I'm I don't think I'm afraid to say it, regardless of its three blueberry moonshines in. Um I think Sandler is perhaps one of the great human beings in Hollywood in the last twenty-five years. And I think we're gonna get to a point where we where we're going to realize that i agree and, and so i think that another bullshit netflix movie well but i i think we're going to start seeing some different Sorry, stuff ridiculous six i cannot defend uh i absolutely can and i'll tell you why <laughs> um i saw <laughs> the day that i watched ridiculous six was the same day I saw Suicide Squad in theaters. Okay, um, all right, that's not that's uh, not fair. That's not fair. Saw Suicide Squad first, uh, and then we came home and we watched Ridiculous Six, and I had a way better time with that than I did with Suicide Squad. And no, 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 no. As I say, that's not fair, man. You yeah, found the I'll, perfect circumstance. I did, and I can't believe that it's the case, but I I will defend Ridiculous Six, although again, it is a very offensive and gross movie. Well. I'm I'm still going to say I do fully know acknowledging that the best thing about there's two good things about ah, shit when I stop and think about it there's three good things about Suicide Squad the trailer <laughs> Sorry. Will Smith getting to play Will Smith now yep. that is not Deadshot he's playing Will Smith I agree all right Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I agree, but I'm over it. Okay. And what is his name? Australian. Boomerang. Boomerang. Yes. You know where I was going with. So, Uh, Jai Courtney. Yes. And I, you know, I will defend Die Hard 5. So. I uh, I haven't seen Die Hard Five yet. You know, you don't have to see it. I just said I'll defend it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> no, I um I I agree with with the things that were good about Suicide yes. Squad or that you liked about Suicide Squad. Uh, I I do agree. I, but there were so many more wrong things with it. <laughs> well, no, no. What what what's a Suicide Squad? That's um in the Suicide Squad itself. If you count um, Enchantress and Flag, that's two people. He was the worst part of that movie. Well, he was not the worst part, but he wasn't great. No, he wasn't. Three. So we mentioned three members of the squad. Well, you had Killer they, Croc for a second. Killer Croc wasn't too bad. No, he was he was fine for a Killer Croc, but he just didn't do much in the movie. Yeah, and they, I mean, they wasted um, Inferno. Yeah, the fire guy for sure. Yeah, they wasted him. They, Lord knows, they re- wasted Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was such a shame too. 
Um, and they wasted um, the Japanese character who mm-hmm. Katana. No, that's yeah. Well, no, I think Katana was in her name, but. <laughs> fact of the matter is watch the boys and you can truly appreciate her for the beauty that she is yeah man we've been all over the place tonight yeah, no and that's that's hey um gives me two weeks of content so i'm not gonna <laughs> bitch too much about it um adam sandler is a comedic genius let him run your studio i think is a general consensus here yes Yes, uh, and let him bring his friends in. Yes, because no. everybody's gonna have a good time. Just, just try to tone down Rob Schneider's racism. Yeah, I don't think they're doing stuff together anymore. <laughs> well, I I haven't looked that too deeply, but you figure they kept putting him in stuff. Huh. But, Rob Schneider's uh, best rose still surf ninjas fight me. Uh, he was all right in Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The seashells. Yeah, well, he doesn't was, know about the seashells. That 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 was uh, Demolition Man, but oh, that was Demolition Man! Yeah. Dang it, Stallone. Stallone got a lot out of him, and oh, you're. Stallone, I knew I was wrong. And let's just let's just end Rob Schneider with this. Stallone got a lot out of Bridget Nielsen. Yes. So Cobra, excellent. I will stand by that movie. Rocky <laughs> Four, great. And yeah. It's it's like the South Park thing. Okay, well, we'll put this uh over here. We'll see how it matures, and it's gone. <laughs> that's Bridget Nielsen. That's Rob Schneider. Yeah. That is not Sylvester Sloan. And that is not the man who manages comedy for the next 20 years. Adam Sandler. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Good, good ending. All right. Well, thank you very much, Joe, for uh, putting up with all this. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me. Glad we. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm at uh, at quid pro underscore Joe on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to follow me or or don't. There's nothing really important that I'm posting there. So well, I will say this. I've heard some of your music not too bad i probably at some point will need you to help me out there with intros and happy to i i um i've got a few i I mean i've got tons of ideas in my garage man so whatever you need let me know all right very cool uh you can find me uh if you want cats and all my links twitter at cat bus russ instagram at main event zombie twitter at main event zombie um actually the cats are on at 90 for chill Yes, I will sit on any <laughs> I will sit on any uh handle I think is appropriate. But uh, at catbusrust is the most honest Twitter handle. 90forchill.com's the website for this. If you want to get more personal and want to promote my movie Main Event of the Dead, go to maineventofthedead.com, send me an email at the address of at rust the bus 07 at gmail.com with any means on getting my movie out of development hell or if you need a treatment of the script to prove that I got some gold <laughs> so thank you again Joe you really came through for me I mean yeah thank you honestly this is the best thing about podcasting is that you know people give a shit 
Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm happy you wanted to talk about Adam Sandler because God knows I love him. All right. Well, thank you again, Joe, and we will talk to you later. All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye. Bye. Can I hear a wahoo?